Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. A Gift Named Holly by Vaginal Puppetry The airport was busy with holiday travelers, myself included. I had my reasons for wanting to attend college on the opposite end of the country, but the downside was I rarely had the time, or money, to fly home to see my family. Special occasions and holidays were pretty much the only exception. The Christmas trees and festive music were a welcome reminder of which had brought me back to South Carolina today. I made my way through the terminal, grabbing my modest luggage and checking my phone for any texts from my younger sister. Chloe was always the one to pick me up from the airport, a tradition I certainly welcomed. I'd never made many friends growing up, but when friends are hard to come by, a loyal sibling will work just as well. I was having trouble unlocking my phone with the gloves I was wearing, despite their claim to be smartphone compatible. I was ready to give in and take one of them off when a message lit up my screen. Look up! I looked up to find Chloe smiling back at me, just a few yards away and putting away her phone. I would have found her easily enough had I not been preoccupied with my gloves. I laughed as she rushed over to me, barely managing to raise my arms before she latched onto me with a hug. Welcome home, Elliot! She said as I caught my breath. Thanks. I replied. Good to be back. Chloe was a full year younger than me though you'd be forgiven if you mistook us for twins. Her hair is the same chestnut brown as mine, and her eyes a lighter shade of green than my own, but not by much. The boots she wore today have a slight heel, bringing her up to my height, almost exactly, and thanks to years of morning runs together the two of us are in identical health. There was, of course, one noticeable difference about me today. You know I almost didn't recognize you with all that scruff on your face, she said after finally letting me go. Mom is going to give you hell when she sees that, you know. I ran my fingers through my goatee and shrugged. Probably, but don't worry it's only temporary. Ran out of razors, did you? She asked with a smirk. Don't worry, you can borrow mine, but you'll have to find your own shaving cream if you don't want to smell like lavender. I sighed. I'm good on razors. Just didn't feel like taking care of it for a while. I'll explain in the car, but we should get out of here before we get trampled. Chloe didn't press the issue. I pulled my coat tight around me as I prepared to leave the warmth of the terminal and face the cold winter of the southeast. As I mentioned before, the west coast had its benefits. Luckily the snowfall had been relatively light this year, and her Kia sole was parked close enough that my socks remained dry. I stowed my bags in the rear and climbed in as she turned up the heat. Look at you, you're shivering. I suppose three years out in California will do that. Chloe said as she watched me climb in. You definitely get used to it. I replied as I kicked snow off my boots and closed the door. You should come visit sometime, you know. You'd love it out there. Maybe I will one day. You can show me around Hollywood and help me get that acting job we always talked about. I laughed. Wrong city. It's weird. In a way, the cold is kind of comforting. Reminds me that I'm home. Is that why you've got the facial hair going on? Think it'll keep you warm while you readjust? Oh, wait, don't tell me. This was Brittany's idea, wasn't it? It seems like the sort of thing she'd go for. How is she, anyway? I stared out the window, calculating my answer as the Christmas lights passed by. I knew the pause was a bit too lengthy, and Chloe had probably already assumed my words weren't going to be cheerful, but she waited for me to speak all the same. Brittany and I split up. Three weeks ago. Oh, Elliot, I'm so sorry. I don't think you ever mentioned it or anything. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Really? And I'm sorry I didn't tell you sooner. I just didn't want to bother anyone with it, I guess. How did it happen? I sighed. I caught her fucking around behind my back while she was claiming to be studying. Chloe looked beyond surprised. Holy shit, are you serious? Afraid so. We all had our exams before winter break, so I wasn't surprised when she started texting to say she'd be in the library studying all evening. Then one night I figured I would surprise her by bringing coffee and snacks, but she wasn't in the library like she said she was. I went over to her apartment and found her bent over in front of some other guy. I don't even know who he was. That's really fucked up. Chloe said. I know I've never really met her or anything, but I never thought she'd be the type. What did you do? I shrugged. I left. 
It was the only thing I could do. She called me a million times and sent all kinds of texts trying to make me understand, but it was too late. I haven't seen her since, and I hope I never see her again. The silence that followed lasted for longer than I expected. I could tell that Chloe was beyond sympathetic for me. I could only imagine the hateful things she must have thought of Brittany at that moment. Chloe was the artist in the family, which came with a certain degree of creative vision. That's why you haven't shaved, isn't it? You stopped caring after that day? She asked as the silence grew uncomfortable. I nodded in reply. Like I said, it's temporary. I'm home now, and I can get my mind off it. Say no more. I'm a master at changing the subject. You'll be pleased to know that all of the gifts you ordered have arrived, and they're still in the same gift wrap they came in. I raised an eyebrow as I looked her direction. I wasn't really worried about it before, but now I'm suspicious. You didn't peek at your gift, did you? A lady has her secrets. I guess I can't blame you if you did. Just act surprised when you open it anyway. Speaking of gifts, mom did ask if you had anything for Zoe? I turned to my Chloe with a confused look. Zoe is going to be here this year? She nodded. I called you about it a few weeks ago, don't you remember? Aunt Liz is staying with us this year which means I get to share my room with Zoe. Just what I wanted for Christmas, a six-year-old roommate. Oh, right, I think I do remember that now. Sorry, I guess that was around the time the breakup happened, and I was a bit distracted. Right. Sorry, didn't mean to bring that back up. It's okay, really. But this does present a problem because I did forget to buy something for Zoe. I should probably get something for Aunt Liz too. Fuck, it's four days until Christmas. What am I going to do? Chloe thought for a moment. Well, you probably won't be able to order anything online and have it shipped in time. It's still pretty early, so if you're not too tired from the flight we can always stop by the mall on the way home. I sighed. The thought of searching through a crowded mall for a last-minute holiday gift wasn't all that appealing, but waiting wasn't really an option this close to Christmas. Besides, it would allow me to stretch my legs after a cramped flight, and I could use the extra time to prepare myself for the questions my mother was sure to throw my way once I told her about my breakup. Okay, I guess that's really my only option. It's not Zoe's fault I'm so forgetful. Shit happens. Come on, we can go shopping and I'll even buy you a pretzel. Consider it an early Christmas present. I laughed. A whole pretzel, for me? I'm starting to feel guilty about spending so little on your gift. The mall wasn't far, and Chloe kept the ride cheerful by telling me about her own studies. Unlike me, she attended a college that was in-state, though still far enough from home that she maintained a sense of freedom. Mostly she talked about the various places she would visit when she wasn't trapped in a classroom or studio, though she was never shy about her social or love life with me. I knew she was avoiding those topics on purpose today. Fuck me, I've never seen this place so crowded, even during a holiday. She exclaimed after we finally stepped through the glass doors of the two-story shopping center. The sight of so many shoppers made me groan. Most of the stores would be picked over by now, but I couldn't leave here empty-handed. Grudgingly, I stepped forward and began my search, keeping in mind that the mall would be closing in just over two hours. Luckily, I had Chloe to help me formulate a plan as we walked. Okay, what did you get Aunt Liz this year? I asked, hoping her answer would offer some much-needed guidance. I bought her one of those nice leather-bound journals from the bookstore. She's been writing again, so I figured she could use it for one of her next projects. Not a bad idea. What if I got her a fancy new pen to go with it? Chloe smiled. That would work perfectly with my gift, and I bet she would love that. She never was a fan of typing. Follow me, there's an art shop on the second floor where I buy all my supplies. They'll have exactly what you're looking for. My sister dragged me up the escalator and into one of her favorite shops where I quickly realized how expensive a decent writing utensil can be. She helped me choose one within my budget, and I paid the cashier while it was being wrapped. I briefly wondered how this pen might be different from any of the normal ballpoint pens I use at school but came to the conclusion that it didn't really matter so long as my aunt loved her gift. That's one gift down, Chloe said as we made our way down to the food court. Funny, I kind of imagined that Aunt Liz would be the harder one to shop for. Zoe is only six so that shouldn't be much trouble at all. Any toy will do. Is there anything specific she likes these days? I don't really follow the trends of children. I asked as Chloe paid for two pretzels and a large soda to share between us. I'm not really sure. I know tigers are her favorite animal so I did this really nice painting of one for her. She can hang it on her wall until she becomes an oxy teenager and replaces it with posters of Amal Boy bands. You never know. She might replace it with crucifixes and Bible quotes like your friend Laura did. 
Don't remind me, Chloe said with a sigh. Anyway, finish your pretzel and let's find a toy store. There's bound to be something in there she'll like. I hadn't eaten much since leaving California, so following this order wasn't difficult at all. I finished my snack in four bites and we continued on. Surprisingly, there weren't many toy stores in this mall. There was a larger chain store not far up the road, but neither of us felt enthusiastic about dealing with the crowd this close to Christmas. We finally managed to nudge our way into one of the less popular stores along the aisle. I didn't even catch the name of it before Chloe dragged me inside. Think we'll find anything Zoe would like in here? I asked as I glanced around at the shelves. This wasn't the kind of store I was used to, with video games and action figures. Instead, everything had a distinctly old-fashioned look to it. There were wooden trains and wagons, and over by the window I could see a collection of board games that mostly consisted of chess or checkerboards. In a way it reminded me of the storybook version of Santa's workshop in the North Pole, though perhaps a bit more updated. I don't know, but it can't hurt to look around, can it? Chloe replied. She was already pushing her way down an aisle ahead of me, but as I turned to follow I became a bit distracted. A young woman was shopping nearby, looking at snow globes on a table display. She was very attractive, and I decided Chloe could wait a few minutes while I went in for a closer look. I made my way over to the display and began to casually look at the globes like any other customer. Before I could make any form of conversation, however, we were joined by another young man. She greeted him as he approached, and it was immediately apparent the two were a couple. It may have saved me some embarrassment, but I still felt a bit awkward now that I was looking at snow globes for no reason. I watched from the corner of my eye as the pair left the store, and to my surprise I began to feel lonely all over again. Dude, I thought you were behind me? I was holding one of the snow globes as Chloe came up behind me, her voice startling me and nearly causing the item to slip from my gloved hands. The white flakes inside became a blizzard as I fumbled to keep it safe. I managed to keep it from falling, then carefully put the globe back in its place as I took one last glance at the girl leaving the store. Chloe must have noticed my glance before I turned back to her. You're still thinking about her, aren't you? Her eyes were full of worry. It's not really something I can help. We dated for so long, I guess I just got used to having someone there. It's silly, I know. It's not silly. My sister replied. It was a shitty thing she did to you, and I can't imagine how that must make you feel. Nobody wants to be alone during the holidays. At least you have family. She added with a gentle touch to my arm. I gave her a genuine smile in return. With nothing left to say, I turned my attention back to the snow globes. I wasn't seriously considering buying one for Zoe, but I needed to distract myself for a few seconds, so I grabbed another one and stared into the glass. The scene within was nothing special, but my attention quickly shifted to the reflection on the glass itself. Something stood out against the snowy backdrop, and I turned to see the reflection with clearer eyes. Chloe turned with me. She looked so lonely, sitting there by herself. Chloe mused as we stepped toward the wall where a single doll remained for sale. The others must have been sold. I wonder why this one is still here. I reached out and took the doll from the shelf, already convinced I'd found a solution to my problem. She was made of porcelain, like so many of the dolls Chloe had owned when she was little. Her hair was black as night, and the hand-painted eyes were a cool shade of gray more gorgeous than any gemstone I'd ever seen. The dress was red lace, and the stockings were striped in red and white. It all felt so delicate between my fingers, and remembering the incident with the snow globe just moments before, I held her carefully. I remember having dolls like this as a little girl. She said. I see now why she's the only one left. Perthing has a stain on her dress. I saw it now, the blotch at the bottom of her skirt. My heart began to sink, but on closer inspection I realized the stain was small and not terribly dark. I could probably remove it myself using little more than warm water and mild cleaner. It occurred to me that there were probably other toys in this store that would suffice, but I knew that if no one else bought this doll she would likely end up in the garbage somewhere. In a way she reminded me a bit of myself, all alone on Christmas. I couldn't let her down. Do you think Zoe would like this? I asked, handing the doll carefully to my sister. That stain doesn't look too bad. I could probably get it out on my own. Chloe smiled as she held the delicate toy, clearly as infatuated as I. Well, I would have loved a doll this beautiful. Sometimes I miss being a little girl. Christmas was really something else. I'm sure Zoe would be thrilled if you gave her this. As if I required further convincing, the voice of a tired mall employee resounded from the PA above. Attention shoppers, the mall will be closing in 30 minutes. Thank you. That was all the encouragement I needed. 
I checked the price listed on the tag, praying silently that the doll wasn't too expensive. It was well within my budget, and I realized that with the stain on the dress the store might even give me a discount. Chloe and I proceeded to the checkout line and waited for our turn point ten minutes later we were warming up in her car and heading home to the rest of the family. My sister did most of the talking along the way, filling me in with the details I'd missed out on for the last couple of weeks. She complained again about having to share her room with Zoe, but I knew Chloe well enough to see that it was a facade. She loved children, and Zoe was always happy to play with her older cousin. When I did speak it was mostly about my studies. So much of my social life had revolved around Brittany that I hadn't had much time for anything else. Even as I made casual conversation about my plans to study abroad next year, my mind drifted to thoughts of my ex. It suddenly made sense why the last few weeks of our relationship had been practically devoid of sex. Brittany wasn't my first, but she had certainly been the most adventurous girl I'd ever had the pleasure of sleeping with. Now my thoughts drifted into enemy territory, and though I knew it was a bad idea, I let my mind continue down that terrible path. I imagined the way she would straddle me in my desk chair, wearing nothing but a pale college t-shirt that gave me a teasing view of her hard nipples, hovering inches from my hungry lips. My fingers would trace slowly up her waist, gently lifting the fabric as she rocked back and forth with me inside her. When she came, she would always pull my face to her chest while she moaned, and when the orgasm began to fade she would slide off of me and finish me with her mouth. She never let me come inside her, but anywhere else was free game. I would usually finish on her chest, covering her shirt so she'd have to take it off soon after that I suddenly realized I'd stop talking aloud. The silence had probably been awkward, though not as much as it would have been had Chloe been able to see my erection in the darkness. I began to focus on the Christmas lights as we passed homes in the suburbs where we live, and my urges slowly began fade into distant memory. Still, I knew I'd have to masturbate before bed tonight if I wanted to completely free myself of this torture. I would have to find some pornography online though. Jerking off to my ex didn't seem like a healthy option. What did you ask the parents to get you this year? I asked when the silence became uncomfortable. Mostly just some stuff for my camera. A new lens and a carry case. What about you? I'm planning a trip soon, hiking in the mountains. Figured they could get me a decent hiking pack, and maybe some other supplies. I left it fairly open for them. Chloe then proceeded to ask details about my hiking trip, but there wasn't much to tell. Originally it had been for Brittany and I, but now I figured I would ask my roommate to tag along. A few days sleeping in a tent and waking up to a scenic view would surely put my mind in the right place. The first thing I noticed when we finally pulled into our driveway was that our house was lit up like a sparkler. Dad had really outdone himself with the decorating this year, and it looked like there were some new purchases I'd been unaware of. There was the usual tree positioned in the center second floor window, as well as a wreath and all the others, but there were also lights strung through each of the oak trees in the yard. It was simple yet beautiful, and it made me smile. I grabbed my luggage while Chloe took the shopping bags and we made our way to the door. It swung open as I approached, my mother already stepping into the cold to greet me. There's my boy, finally home to see his mother, she said, but then she saw my beard properly in the light. Oh, Elliot, what have you got going on there? Did you run out of razor blades? I couldn't help but laugh. Come on, it can't look that bad. When nobody made the effort to agree with me, I rolled my eyes. No, Mom, I didn't run out, I just felt a little free-spirited for a while. I'll head into town tomorrow and see Carver for a haircut and a shave. Now give me a hug, it won't bite you. While I embraced my mother for the first time in months, my father stepped out as well. He wasn't really the hugging type, but it was evident he was glad to see me. I gave him a firm handshake as usual, and we stepped inside. Aunt Liz was waiting for me in the kitchen where she was helping prepare dinner. She was a younger sister of my mother, and one of my favorite relatives. She was the eccentric type, and her language was usually a bit more colorful than my parents. I gave her a hug as she threatened to shave my face with one of the knives by the cutting board. Zoe was there as well, but her hug was briefer than I'd expected. She was more preoccupied with getting back to her drawing of a Christmas tree, though I suspected her markers would run dry long before she finished shading in the green areas. Mom announced that dinner would be ready soon, so I took the opportunity to head upstairs to my room and get settled in. I opened the door to find my room exactly as I'd left it. There was a full-sized bed with a dark blue comforter. The television mounted on the wall was covered in a layer of dust, as was the modest bookshelf next to my old writing desk. I kept most of my clothes in the closet, but I had little motivation to unpack at the moment, throwing my luggage at the foot of the bed. Aunt Liz's pen was placed safely in my nightstand but I decided to keep the doll in her bag for now, laying it gently on the bed.
I would remove the stain tomorrow while Zoe was busy playing. Chloe would probably have to help me with the wrapping, since I was never really good at that part of Christmas that I walked into my bathroom and washed up for dinner, taking an extra long look at myself in the mirror as I dried my hands. Mom was right. I definitely didn't look like the son she knew anymore. I wouldn't miss the facial hair once it was gone anyway. I then realized she would inevitably ask about Brittany during dinner, and the joy I felt at being home evaporated once again. It was actually my father who brought up the question. I had just sat down to my plate of chicken and dumplings when he asked how things were going with Brittany. Chloe did her best to focus on her own meal while I answered, determined not to prolong conversation more than necessary, but my mother was very nosy. I had anticipated this and was prepared to answer her questions with short but accurate answers until Dad caught on and changed the subject. Liz, who was usually the curious type, kept silent for the most part. In the end it wasn't as painful as I'd expected, but still not the most pleasant way to enjoy a meal with the family. How are you feeling? Chloe asked as she joined me by the fire after dessert. The parents were already getting ready for bed and Aunt Liz was giving Zoe her bath. I sighed. That wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be. Glad it's out of the way. Good. You know, she really isn't worth getting upset over. I probably don't have to tell you that, of course. She finished. I know. Like I said, it just sucks having your trust taken advantage of. Especially so close to the holidays. I forgot to ask you earlier, is there a special guy in your life these days? Chloe shrugged. Not really. Mind if I get a little personal? I raised a brow. My sister and I were best friends, which meant we'd shared quite a lot with one another over the years. Sometimes those conversations were more personal than most siblings would be comfortable with, but neither of us cared. For Chloe to ask permission meant she was about to reveal something juicy. Go on. I replied. She lowered her voice to a near whisper. Okay, so I haven't told the parents this yet, but I kind of met someone recently at school. I thought you just said you weren't seeing anyone. You asked if I was seeing a guy. She replied that I understood her meaning immediately. Ah, uh, I see. What's her name? Chloe blushed. Melissa. To be honest, it's mostly been a physical relationship, but we've been on a few dates and I think I'd like to make things more serious with her. Now it was my turn to blush. I've always heard college was the time for young girls to experiment. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, it's been really fun, but I'm not really sure what my next move is going to be. I took a sip of my eggnog before speaking. Did you get her a present? Chloe laughed. Kind of. This is probably too personal to tell my brother, but I did pick her up some lingerie. Now it was my turn to laugh. My little sister isn't so little anymore. Are you going to tell the parents? Chloe shrugged. I don't know. I mean, I don't think they'd really mind, but I'd like to see where this goes first, you know? I nodded. Yeah, don't want to introduce your fuck buddy to the parents as a way of coming out. Chloe hit me on the arm, but she was grinning. I prefer to think of her as a lover, not a consort. Anyway, now you know. It feels good getting that off my chest. I appreciate you telling me. I answered with a smile. Well, you seem to be happy with her at least. Enjoy it while you can. She looked back at me now with sympathetic eyes. Am I bothering you, talking about stuff like this? I shook my head. Nah. It wasn't completely honest, but it wasn't fair to ruin Chloe's excitement just because my girlfriend decided to fuck around. Chloe came closer and wrapped her arms around me. It was a hug well received. If I could have one wish this Christmas, she said quietly, I would wish for my big brother to find someone special so he'd never have to feel lonely again. I squeezed her tighter in my arms. You're the best, you know that? She let go of me with a smirk. Oh, I know. That's why I'd also wish she was absolutely gorgeous, with great boobs and ass, not to mention an insatiable sex drive. Slow down. I interrupted with a laugh. Santa's already got his work cut out for him, finding a girl that's up to your standards. Chloe gave me another playful punch. You never know. She could be in his bag of goodies right now, ready to greet you on Christmas morning under the tree. Wearing nothing but bows and ribbon? I asked. Chloe rolled her eyes in answer. If she were, Dad would probably try claiming that gift before you got the chance. Anyway, it's getting late and I'm going to get ready for bed. Maybe I'll get lucky and Zoe will want to sleep downstairs with her mommy again. Yeah, I guess I should head up as well. I said. Still on West Coast time though, so don't be surprised if I'm up for a few more hours. By the time you get readjusted it'll be time to fly back to California. She replied. With nothing left to say, we ascended to stairs and went separate ways to our bedrooms. 
The first thing I did after shutting my door was strip out of my clothes. I'd been wearing the same jeans and sweater since leaving San Francisco, and it was time to get comfortable. I tossed my shirt lazily at the hamper and began unfastening my belt when I noticed the doll was still sitting on the bed where I'd left her. Or had I left her there? I paused for a moment, feeling a bit awkward to have eyes watching me, even if they were painted on. I felt certain I'd left the doll in the bag for safekeeping, but clearly I was mistaken. The bag was empty nearby. Eventually I shrugged the mystery away, assuming jet lag was largely to blame for my lapse in memory. I finished removing my belt and stripped down to my boxers, now entertaining the idea of taking a hot shower. I looked back at the doll, still feeling a bit awkward with her watching my every move, but not enough to prevent me from removing my underwear. I laughed at my own irrationality before walking naked to the bathroom and turning on the shower. I waited patiently for the water to grow warm before stepping in and closing the glass door behind me. I took my time, letting the warmth ease the tension in my body before lathering up for a wash. I tried to focus only on getting clean, but as my hands finally began to clean further south, my imagination took full control. Images of my last shower with Brittany slithered into my head and I began to stroke myself beneath the showerhead. She had started by giving me a blowjob, but once I was fully erect in her mouth she stood and turned away from me so I could bend her over. She always made the sexiest little gasp when I entered her for the first time, and I couldn't help but imagine how her tits would look pressed against the glass door of my own shower. I slowly stroked myself with soapy fingers, thinking of how she'd beg me to fuck her harder before emptying my load deep within. I stopped stroking. Brittany would never have let me come inside her, and even in my fantasies it felt odd. That wasn't nearly as problematic as the fact that I shouldn't be fantasizing about her at all. I looked down at my erection, impressive as it was, and felt nothing but disappointment. I couldn't give her the satisfaction of one more orgasm on her behalf. Still, I couldn't go to bed horny that I had been a loyal boyfriend for two years, and as ridiculous as one might find it, I never masturbated to anyone besides Brittany. Now, for the first time in years, I began to fantasize about another girl. Her name was Samantha, a girl who lived in the same apartment building back in California. I'd never actually seen her naked, but my imagination was quite capable of filling in the gaps, and in my mind, I was filling her gap quite vigorously against the shower door. I imagined her little moans and how the suds would flow gently over her curves as I screwed her against the glass. It wasn't long before I came, leaving pearly ropes on the tile at my feet before the water washed away all evidence of what I'd just done that I caught my breath and let the water continue washing over me as my body recovered. I expected the erection to subside quickly, but to my surprise I was still hard by the time my heart rate returned to normal. I could have waited longer, but I was ready to dry off, and nobody would notice anyway. I shut off the water and stepped out to grab my towel. A few minutes later I was in my bedroom, still naked and at full mast as I turned back the covers on my bed. The doll was still where I'd left her, but I was no longer wary of her judgment. I picked her up and gave a wink before carrying her over to the bookshelf. Enjoy the view. At least I remembered to shave my balls before letting another woman see them. I said jokingly before turning to the television. I wiped the dust clean with my dirty sock and grabbed the remote from the nightstand. I also grabbed my laptop from the luggage so that I could check my email. Having roommates in college meant I was no longer able to sleep in the nude. Now that I was home I decided to indulge in that little bit of freedom, slipping into bed without bothering to find underwear. The sheets were cold and I felt my balls tighten against me. I tried to ignore the fact that my cock was still hard, so I turned on the TV and found a Christmas program for background noise. I then opened my laptop and logged into my school email account. With the winter holidays in progress there were very few new messages in my inbox, and none of them required my immediate attention. I closed the program and opened the browser to check through my various social media, though most of the notifications had already been viewed on my phone. Ten minutes later I was bored again and closed the notebook. I grabbed the remote and began to channel surf once more. Most of them were airing various holiday programs or movies, and eventually I settled on watching Christmas Vacation for the millionth time. Chevy Chase was standing in his kitchen and staring out the window, envisioning the new swimming pool he would install with his holiday bonus. It was one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and I'll admit it has everything to do with the skinny-dipping part of this fantasy.my erection, which had been slowly dwindling, found new life as the brunette began the slow strip tease from her red bathing suit. By the time she slowly emerged from the water, teasing her audience with a nearly complete view of her breasts, my cock was rock-hard once more. The scene was interrupted before her body was fully revealed, and Clark Griswold wasn't the only one to feel a bit disappointed. Fuck this. I said to myself, 
pulling back the covers and staring down at my rejuvenated hard-on. Clearly I was still horny, and it was pointless to ignore this while I had time on my hands. I muted the television and opened my laptop again. I had avoided porn websites while dating my ex, but I still had the links saved in my bookmarks. I clicked on one of my old favorites and began to scroll through the thumbnails. I was always picky with my pornography, and it took me a few minutes to find one that piqued my interest. Jacking off in the shower had been good for a quick fantasy, but now I was craving something with more passion. I stuck to the Christmas theme and found one that involved a slim brunette surprising her fiancé with holiday-themed lingerie. I took my time, enjoying the slow build-up of the video as she teased him. By the time she finished licking his shaft and stood for him to remove her panties, I was already nearing orgasm. I watched her lay on the bed and part her legs, guiding him slowly into her body for a passionate fuck filled with moans and sighs. Suddenly, I realized that the doll was still on the bookshelf where I'd left her, and those eyes were pointed firmly in my direction. The light from the monitor illuminated the underside of my shaft as I continued to stroke, and in a strange way it turned me on to have an audience, even an inanimate one. I turned back to the screen to see the girl was rolling onto her side. Her lover slid behind her and eased himself back into her depths. I watched them make love for several minutes, imagining that the doll was watching me with lustful eyes. I didn't last much longer. My cum flowed thickly onto my fingers, the session in the shower having partially drained me. I groaned softly as I came, praying the noise wouldn't carry through the wall to Chloe's room. I continued stroking until the pearly flow ceased and the throbbing became nothing more than my own pulse. Carefully, I climbed out of bed to clean up, not bothering to close the browser as the video played on without an audience. Moments later I stepped out of the bathroom and switched off the light. The actors were still fucking on screen, now in the doggy position, and for a moment I considered watching more. This time, however, my cock was quick to surrender, and I didn't see the point in getting myself aroused once more. I paused the video and shut the laptop without bothering to close the browser. Then I looked up to the doll, still watching lifelessly from her perch as I stepped closer. It occurred to me that, in a way, I was mentally replacing my ex-girlfriend with the toy. Brittany had once asked me to watch her masturbate, and in turn she had watched me do the same. Of course, we didn't keep our hands to ourselves for long. Fuck, why couldn't I stop thinking of these old memories? Hope you enjoyed the show. I asked aloud as I gave her a wink. I turned away from the bookshelf, but then did a double take. Had I just seen her head nod? I stared back at those steely eyes for a full minute, certain I'd seen the doll move. Nothing happened. Why would it? This was, after all, just a doll. Probably just the jet lag. I assured myself aloud. Or the eggnog. Or the masturbation. I'll have to cut back on all of that. I walked back to the bed, shaking my head as I lowered myself back under the chilly covers. Okay, maybe not the masturbation. I unmuted the movie playing on the screen and put my mind at ease. Despite my uncalibrated circadian rhythm, I was sound asleep before cousin Eddie decided to kidnap anyone. A few hours later I stirred, somewhere between consciousness and sleep. I was vaguely aware of an arm wrapping gently across my chest, and long, feminine hair falling gently against my bare skin. I smiled as my dream took an exciting turn and I felt fingers traveling slowly down my waist, coming to a gentle rest on my manhood. Nervously, they began to play with my shaft, measuring me with their touch and exploring every inch with virgin curiosity. I willed the dream to carry on, but the time zone had finally caught up with me. As fingers began to stroke my length below, the darkness claimed me once more. I awoke to the sound of Chloe calling from the bottom of the stairs, my eyes blinking against the morning light pouring through my window. Elliot. Zoe says if you're not out of bed in the next three minutes she's going to eat all your pancakes. My first thoughts as I began to regain consciousness were of breakfast waiting down below. I then took note of something sticky against my leg, evidence of a wet dream. This was quickly overcome by the shocking realization that I was not alone in my bed. I felt her head against my chest before my eyes could fully adjust to the light. For a brief moment I wondered if I was still dreaming. My vision slowly came into focus and I peered down at my uninvited guest. Her hair was black, falling in waves just past her shoulders. Her skin was pale and soft, and she slept soundlessly upon my chest. She lay outside the covers, and I could see that she wore a simple dress of bright red lace that came to her knees. There was a stain at the bottom of the skirt. Her legs were long and slender like the rest of her, and her thigh-high stockings were striped in red and white. It was all eerily familiar. I in my half-awake condition I was incapable of processing this information. With a jolt I climbed out of bed, pushing the intruder away as I stumbled out of the sheets. 
The last thing I saw were those steely gray eyes, wide with surprise, before I fell hard against the floor. I stayed there for a moment, dimly aware of a bruise forming on my arm where I'd hit the hardwood surface. I blinked the pain away and climbed to my feet as quickly as I could. At the same time the door flew open behind me, and I knew my sister had come to check on the noise. My first reaction was to cover myself by grabbing the sweater from where I'd left it. I looked up to find Chloe staring in at me, though she quickly averted her eyes upon seeing me naked. I immediately tried to explain myself. Chloe, this isn't what it looks like, I swear. I said as I turned back to the bed, expecting to find a lovely young woman. To my astonishment, it was empty. Dude, it's okay, you don't have to justify sleeping in the nude. It just sounded like you fell down or something and I wanted to make sure you were okay. Chloe answered from behind the cracked door. I wasn't really listening. I pulled the sheets completely off the bed. No raven-haired beauty was hiding underneath, but something did fall to the floor next to my feet. I looked down to find the porcelain doll staring up at me. So, are you actually okay in there? I feel kind of awkward standing here like this. Chloe said from behind the door. I'm not sure. I think I might be losing my mind. I answered. When I woke up, I swear there was a girl here in the room with me. Even as I said the words aloud, I knew how ridiculous that must sound to Chloe. She paused before answering. Okay, big brother, if you say so. Hey, do me a favor? Limit yourself to one glass of eggnog tonight, okay? I heard her laugh as she stepped away. Oh, and hurry up and get your clothes on. Zoe seems pretty serious about those pancakes. I wasn't worried about breakfast as Chloe shut the door and walked away. Instead I was staring down into painted eyes, wondering how much of the last five minutes had been conjured from my imagination. I shook my head, searching for clarity. Faint memories of a sexual dream came back to me, but the details remained fuzzy. That at least explained the semen drying on my thigh, but not the sensation of a head laying on my chest. I'd heard stories of people who experienced vivid dreams, and there were many instances where I'd woken from sleep expecting a reality that only existed in my mind. This felt a bit more real, but I had no other explanation. With the door closed I dropped the sweater and leaned down to retrieve the doll. There was no doubt in my mind she had inspired my hallucination, if one could call it that. Bright, gray eyes and dark hair, not to mention the red and white stockings. Even the stain on the red dress had been present in my brief glimpse of the mystery girl, though admittedly the dress she wore was more casual than the elegant attire of the doll. How did you even get over here in the first place? I asked aloud as I placed the toy back on the bookshelf where I thought I'd left her. I looked around for anything else out of place. Everything was exactly as I'd left it, with one exception. My laptop was sitting on the desk by the window, open but with the screen in sleep mode. I walked over and hit the space bar, bringing up the browser just as I'd left it. The video was paused somewhere near the end. This didn't confuse me as much as the doll, however. I'd left the computer on the bed, so it was entirely possible I'd woken in the middle of the night and moved it to a safer place on the desk, probably on my way to the bathroom. I didn't remember doing any of this, of course, but I was really tired, so I didn't expect to recall everything. My stomach interrupted my investigation with a low growl. The thought of pancakes and sausage waiting downstairs was plenty motivation to forget about whatever dream I'd been having and find something to wear. A few minutes later I was dressed and making my way down the kitchen, convinced that what I saw earlier was all in my head. Fortunately for me, Zoe had decided not to eat my share of the breakfast, and was instead working on another of her drawings. Chloe poured two cups of coffee while I filled my plate with food, and then the two of us took our seat at the breakfast bar. Mom and Liz were chatting in the living room and Dad was nowhere to be seen. Chloe looked over at me as I began to dig in. Did you find that girl that went missing in your sheets? She asked with a smirk. Nope. Maybe I should have her picture put on the milk cartons. Why, you want to turn with her tonight, now that you've switched sides? She sent a punch into my arm, the one with the bruise. I tried not to flinch. Smartass. I never said I didn't like boys anymore. Anyway, sorry for barging in like that. I promise I didn't see anything. Bet you'll knock next time. I replied jokingly. Next time I'll just leave you to die on the floor. She countered. What happened anyway? I shrugged. I had this crazy vivid dream about a girl. Scared the hell out of me when I woke up thinking she was still there. I got caught up in the sheets and fell out of bed. Fair enough. I won't ask. She was referring to the details of whatever dream a girl might play part in. What's your plan for today? I finished another bite before answering. I'm not sure. I suppose I'll take care of that stain, the one we talked about yesterday. I motioned towards Zoe with my eyes.
She was somewhat in earshot of our conversation, though I doubted she was listening. First thing you want to do after waking up is undress a lady, Chloe said with a laugh. That won't take long, of course, so what about after that? I suppose you and I could head into town. Grab some coffee and see if anything has changed since we've been away. I should probably get that shave and haircut that I promised mom. Sounds like a plan, she said. Cheers. We clinked our coffee cups together and finished our breakfast. Zoe was still busy with her drawing as we put away the dishes. Chloe sat with her for a moment, while she waited for me to fill a bowl with warm water and baking soda. If this wasn't strong enough to remove the stain from the dress I could always use a bottle of cleaner later. I took my concoction upstairs to the bedroom and closed the door behind me before turning to the bookshelf. The spot where I'd left the doll was now empty, and the doll itself was laying on the floor a few feet away. She must have fallen off while I was downstairs. I picked her up and did a quick inspection to make sure there was no damage. To my relief she seemed in great condition, though I wasn't quite certain how a fall from that height hadn't shattered her. Sorry about this ma'am, but you've been a dirty girl and it's time to get you clean. Well, your dress anyway. I said mockingly. I then carefully lifted the garment over her head, pulling from the bottom of the skirt so that her arms would easily slide out. I'd never really seen the body of a doll without clothing and I was surprised at the craftsmanship and detail. The joints where fabric met porcelain were practically seamless, and even the curvature of the waist was distinctly feminine. I guess we're even now. I mused as I gently placed her back on the shelf, careful to ensure there was no chance she would fall again. With the dress in hand, I placed the stained end of the fabric in the cleaning solution and left it to soak on my desk. I would let it sit until I came up for bed tonight, taking it out to dry overnight. Chloe was waiting for me at the bottom of the stairs when I finished. Did you at least give her a good tip? She asked with her usual smirk. Thought about it, but there was nowhere to put it. I replied. Ah, you mean she didn't have a little matching thong underneath? I laughed. Glad to see you're no longer afraid of talking to me about women. I said. I figured you didn't appreciate the whole fragile snowflake routine. Now come on, we've got shit to do. Chloe said this last part a little too loud and Zoe looked up, but we hurried away before we could be reprimanded by a six-year-old for our foul language. We drove slowly into town in case any ice had managed to form on the roads overnight. I didn't complain, as this gave me a better view of the neighborhood. There were more decorations than I remembered seeing the year before, but I had a feeling Christmas spirit was still in short supply with the economy in recovery. Where should we go first? Chloe asked as we passed the town limit sign. Stop by Carver's if you don't mind. I'll take care of this before anyone else gives me grief. I said as I rubbed my goatee. Smart move, though I have to say it doesn't look half bad. She replied. Much appreciated, but it's not really my style, and it's time I started getting myself back together. Truthfully, it felt almost ceremonial in a way, like shaving off the facial hair would also cleanse away the sorrow associated with it. Mr. Carver was an older man who loved to talk about his time in the Marines. I loved coming to his shop because he was so old-fashioned. The stools were practically antiques, and he even still used a straight razor. I never worried about cuts, because even at his age I'd never seen a man with steadier hands. Chloe came in as well. She never let the old salt touch her hair, but she did love to sit and listen to his playful flirtation while he worked. She was always kind enough to flirt back. When the haircut and shave were finished I looked into the mirror and felt like my old self again. In a way I felt better and more handsome, though I'd never been self-conscious about my looks to begin with. Chloe and I spent the rest of the morning exploring downtown. We avoided the shopping centers and spent most of our time visiting our old hangouts to speak with old friends. At some point Chloe noticed that the Humane Society was selling puppies near the bookstore, which always ended up with us paying a visit. Dad was allergic to dogs, so we were never allowed to have one as children, but she still couldn't resist playing with them when given the opportunity. Eventually I had to drag her away before she did something irrational. She'd have a hard time hiding a dozen puppies in her bedroom. Around noon we stopped by a local cafe for lunch. We ordered sandwiches and cocoa to warm ourselves and found our usual seat in the corner. I took advantage of the privacy by asking her more about Melissa. Apparently the two had met during a photo shoot of the tennis team, which Melissa was a member of. Chloe also revealed that those weren't the only photos she had taken of her new squeeze but denied my request to see proof. After lunch we decided to head back to the house and take advantage of the freshly fallen snow. Zoe was dying to build a snowman, and Chloe was determined to teach her how to make snow angels before the world stole her childhood away. I, on the other hand, had ulterior motives. 
my sister helped Zoe bundle up and the three of us went to the backyard where the snow was thickest. It didn't take long for the three of us to build a Zoe-sized snowman, complete with stick arms and a pinecone nose. Then Chloe found a patch of virgin snow and began to make one of her perfect snow angels in demonstration. Zoe was significantly less graceful in the act, but I was actually impressed with how well hers came out. While they were preoccupied, however, I was busy building an arsenal. When the first of my snowballs hit Chloe in the chest, she knew the war had begun, and I had a head start. Elliot! That's not fair, you scheming little shit! She shouted as I launched another snowy orb at her arm. Zoe was already giggling and trying her best to form a snowball of her own. I tossed one gently in her direction and laughed when it hit her knee. She threw her own tiny snowball towards me and I pretended to dodge, but let it catch my hip just to see her smile. Chloe, however, had just finished packing her first round and I knew her sights were set on me. I barely dodged her shot, which surprisingly was aimed at my head. Geez, Chloe, you're taking no prisoners, are you? I asked as I lobbed another snowball at her chest. I missed, but I was close enough to make her squeal. I can't believe you do something so sneaky to your little sister, especially after I carted you around town all morning. She fainted a shot in my direction but tossed her snowball at Zoe at the last minute. It caught our cousin off guard and hit her in the arm. I'm glad to see you still know how to handle balls even though you've switched sides. I teased. Zoe was too young to catch the euphemism. Oh, you are so dead! She shouted back, forcing herself not to laugh. We carried on like this for a while, pelting each other with snowballs and letting Zoe enjoy herself. My sister had better aim than I'd anticipated, and by the time we wandered inside for cocoa we were both covered in white powder. Aunt Liz was thrilled to see Zoe so happy and offered to prepare our drinks while we changed into dry clothes. I kicked off my boots and slushed my way upstairs to my bedroom. I closed the door behind me and shed my clothing until I was standing in my underwear. I searched through my luggage, swearing at myself for being lazy when it came to unpacking until I found a clean sweater and jeans. I quickly put these on and started towards the door, but then I noticed something out of place. You've got to be fucking kidding me. I said softly to myself as I crossed over to the window. The doll was once again on the floor, and this time I was certain there was no way she could have fallen this far away from where I'd placed her. Then, realization hit me. So, I said as I closed my eyes in frustration. She must have wandered in here while we were in town. I hope she hasn't figured out that you're her gift. Confident that this was one mystery was solved, I placed the doll back on the bookshelf and went downstairs. Chloe was still changing by the time I made it down, but Zoe was in warm pajamas and sipping her cocoa at the bar while she resumed her drawing. I took my cup and sat beside her. Zoe, you know it's not polite to go in other people's room without permission, right? I asked. My little cousin nodded distractedly, her attention now focused on the paper and markers in front of her. It was the only reply I received, and I decided that was good enough. Chloe then joined us, wearing one of her oversized sweaters and pajama shorts. We left Zoe to her drawing and went to the living room to sip our drinks and watch TV until dinner time. One of the things I missed most about home was the food. California was well known for its diverse cuisine, but there was nothing quite as comforting as real southern cooking. Tonight, mom had prepared fried chicken and homemade macaroni while Liz took care of the cornbread and vegetables. I ate more than I should have, but I reminded myself this was what the holidays were for. After dinner there was more television and eggnog, Chloe still insisted I limit myself to one glass, and then it was time to head upstairs. I told my family goodnight and made my way up to my bedroom. When I opened the door the first thing I did was check that the doll was exactly where I'd left her. It was almost a surprise to find that she was indeed still on the shelf. I silently thanked my sister for the eggnog limit as I debated my own paranoia. I figured I might as well hop in the shower before Chloe stole most of the hot water, so once again I stripped away my clothing by the bed, folding my jeans and sweater on top so I could wear them again tomorrow. I tossed my underwear at the hamper and turned to the bathroom. I made it two steps before her soft voice left me frozen in place. If you're going to continue with these little strip teases, the least you could do is put on some music and dance a bit for me. Most people would have immediately turned to investigate, probably screaming in surprise or fear. I, however, remained completely still, terrified of who or what I would find waiting behind me. The room was silent for a moment, other than the heavy pounding of blood in my ears. Finally, after an uncomfortably long time, I began to slowly turn and face her. I was alarmingly confident in who I would find, and I didn't even bother to hide my nudity. Just as I suspected, the girl standing behind me was exactly how I remembered her from this morning. Her piercing gray eyes and black hair were unmistakable 
but there was one important difference about her now. My mystery girl was clothed in her red and white stockings, but nothing else. The red dress from before was gone, leaving the rest of her body completely bare for my eyes to explore. And damn, what a body it was. Long legs, slender waist, and perky round breasts that any girl would envy. Her skin was smooth, apart from a triangle of short, dark, pubic hair that contrasted neatly against her paleness. She was incredibly sexy, and her curves were impossibly distracting from every angle, but in the end those lovely eyes and matching smile held my attention. She fidgeted with her hands, and despite the suggestiveness of her words I could tell she was somewhat nervous. I couldn't blame her, given the circumstances. I myself was still in a state of shock, though I was trying to make some logical sense of the situation. Ironically, our shared nudity almost made it easier to relax. How dangerous could she be if she were naked? It's you. I finally said as our eyes continued to study one another. You were in my bed this morning. She nodded nervously in affirmation. I was. I'm sorry for scaring you. Why are you naked? I was still debating whether I should shout for someone to call the police. She was an intruder of some kind, obviously, but I hadn't yet figured out her intentions. The fact she was naked could make this very awkward for whoever came through the door. She looked down at herself bashfully. Well, that would be your doing, wouldn't it? Don't you like what you see? I detected just a hint of nervousness as she asked the last question. She was genuinely concerned I might not approve of her body. Truthfully, she was the most beautiful girl I've ever seen, and that wasn't even taking her body into account. She was stunning, but I wasn't sure how to answer without sounding like a creep, so I decided to move on to my next question. Who are you? Her smile returned. Isn't it obvious? Obviously, you look like the porcelain doll I bought yesterday. The resemblance is damned near perfect. She nodded. I was a bit nervous about how you'd react when I finally revealed myself. I thought for certain you would panic, like before. To be honest, I'm still trying to decide if this is all a dream, or if perhaps I've gone completely insane. She stepped towards me, and the sudden movement startled me a bit, but I held my ground. Her eyes stayed on mine, full of hope as she spoke her next words. This isn't a dream, Elliot. I'm as real as any girl you've ever met. And you haven't gone mad, I promise. I must be. I replied. Because right now I'm trying to convince myself that it's perfectly fine that a children's toy has come to life and is now talking to me in the form of a beautiful young woman. You really think I'm beautiful? She asked, the smile returning as she blushed. It was actually quite adorable. Very much so. And I assume you're naked because... She turned her eyes to the bowl on my desk where the little red dress continued to soak. I appreciate you taking the time to clean that for me. It was very sweet of you. I thought about waiting until you'd put it back on, but I just couldn't wait any longer. I see. I answered. Then, slowly, I turned back to the bathroom door my mind still swimming in confusion. She moved behind me. Where are you going? The nervousness had returned to her voice, but she had no reason to worry. I took off my clothes so I could shower. I think it might help me clear my head a bit if I just go ahead and wash up. I could feel her hesitation. May I join you? It was amazing how her voice could sound so sweet and innocent while asking for something so naughty. I shook my head, though somewhat reluctantly. Not this time, I'm sorry. I need some time without distraction, and you are definitely a distraction. In a good way. I added, already suspecting that if I didn't I would hurt her feelings. You don't have to leave. If you're still here when I'm finished, at least I'll know for sure this isn't a dream or hallucination. I think. I knew she was smiling behind me. I'll wait here until you return. I simply nodded in reply. With nothing left to say, I stepped into the bathroom and shut the door behind me, but didn't engage the lock. I'm not sure how long I spent in the shower, but it was the sudden transition of hot water to cold that forced me out. I'd done very little actual bathing while inside. Instead, I'd spent most of that time resting my head against the tile with my eyes closed letting the hot water wash over me as I tried to reason with my disbelief. It proved to be a losing battle. On one hand it was easy to rationalize that I was having some form of psychotic break. It seemed to make perfect sense, given my recent breakup. Perhaps Brittany's betrayal had broken me in ways I hadn't realized, and that damage was now manifesting itself in a hallucination, inspired by the flawless beauty of Zoe's doll. I'd heard stories of people with similar conditions, so it all seemed very possible. At the same time, it felt extremely unlikely this was all in my head. Despite how crazy the situation appeared, I admitted to myself that, while the breakup had certainly been upsetting, it wasn't nearly damaging enough to warrant such a reaction. 
a cheating girlfriend wasn't exactly the end of the world, and I'd gone through breakups before. More alarming was the fact that this felt far too real to be fiction. I couldn't explain it logically, but I knew in my heart this wasn't a hallucination. The weight of her head against my chest was still fresh in my memory. That left just one question. Was this mysterious girl actually what she claimed to be, or was she just a very gifted con artist? It suddenly dawned on me that I just walked away from someone who could very well be plotting to rob my family, or worse. Still, I didn't move. The sincerity in those gorgeous eyes had been crystal clear, of that much I was certain. I trusted her not to do anything malicious. Besides, criminals didn't usually break into homes in the nude, did they? There were still so many questions in my head, and it was time to start asking them. I dried myself quickly but thoroughly before wrapping the towel around my waist. We'd already seen one another naked, but I wasn't keen on feeling the vulnerability of being nude this time around. I opened the door, half expecting to find the room empty as the steam cleared around me. She was still here, waiting for me on the bed. To my surprise I felt relieved to see her again, which also meant I would have been disappointed to find the room empty. The t-shirt she now wore was one of my favorites, though I had to admit, it looked better on her than it ever would on me. It was a bit large for her frame, coming down just far enough to cover her hips but not the ends of her stockings. I suspected she wore nothing else underneath, but I kept my curiosity to myself. I worried you would never come out of there, she said as I took in the view. Her smile was wide and bright, the fidgeting of her hands the only betrayal of her nervousness. Those lips were the same bright shade of red as before, a perfect match to the doll. I wondered if she wore lipstick of if perhaps this was their natural pigment. No need to worry, I'm back now, I replied. I had a feeling you'd still be here. Are you disappointed? She asked. If you want me to leave, I can make that happen. The concern in her voice was anything but subtle. No, I'm not disappointed. I promise. My eyes wandered over her body once more. I see you found one of my shirts. It looks good on you. I said with a smile of my own. She returned it. Thank you. I hope you don't mind. I just don't want to be too much of a distraction. And I'm sorry about earlier. I shouldn't have done that. But I hope that maybe if I were naked you would be happier to see me. It was quite a surprise for sure. But I definitely can't complain. That impossibly captivating smile somehow grew brighter. The fidgeting was almost completely gone by now. So, what do I call you? Do you have a name? She shook her head. I'm not the kind of doll that comes with a name. You have to give me one. She was sticking with the story that she was the doll come to life. Very well. Okay then, you need a name. Why don't you help me pick something you like, something pretty? Her eyes twinkled with surprise. Really? I love that, very much. She turned her eyes over to the window. There was a holiday wreath hanging against the glass with sprigs of holly along the bottom, their pointed leaves and red berries unmistakable from where I stood. I've always loved the name Holly, she said. It seems rather fitting, wouldn't you agree? All right, Holly it is. Pleased to meet you, Holly. I held out my hand, which she took gently, unsure of what to do. I felt her fingers against my skin, still warm from the shower. Her flesh was tangible, which meant this was definitely not my imagination. The pleasure is all mine, she replied before letting go. It was quite an enchanting moment, but I still needed answers. Holly, let me get straight to the point here. You're telling me you are a doll that can magically transform into a living, breathing woman at will. As irrational as that sounds, I can't help but feel you're telling me the truth. However, I'm going to need more than just your word if I'm to believe you, do you understand? She nodded. I understand. You need proof, yes? I nodded in reply. The absurdity of what I was asking wasn't lost on me, but there was no other way to move forward that I wondered if my request would offend her, but to my relief she never stopped smiling. What would you like me to do? Show me how you do it, the transition from girl to doll and back again. I need to see it with my own eyes. Sure, but only if you promise not to freak out. I don't want you to fall again. I promise. Just do this one thing for me, so I know it's true and you're not really a serial killer living under my bed. I kept my eyes on her, wondering if perhaps she really was a killer, and I was simply an idiot having a bad week. I waited, until finally she delivered the proof I'd asked for. With one final smile Holly laid back on the mattress. The shirt pulled up slightly at her hip, and I noticed there were no panties underneath. Then, in the blink of an eye, the girl in front of me was replaced with a porcelain doll. The transformation had been instantaneous, rather than the slow process of shrinking and morphing that I had imagined. There was no denying this was the same doll I'd purchased, with black hair and unmistakable eyes, 
and she was even wearing a miniature version of the t-shirt she had borrowed. I leaned forward to get a closer look but was startled backward when she suddenly transformed back into a living girl. It was magical, there was no other way to describe what I'd witnessed. She reacted quickly as I stumbled, reaching out and taking my hand to steady me. The towel slipped off my waist and fell to the floor, leaving me naked once more with Holly holding tight to my hand. Her eyes naturally wandered south, exploring my body with virgin-like curiosity. Then her eyes met mine and her cheeks flushed with embarrassment. I'm sorry, I can't help myself. She explained. That's okay, it's not like you haven't already seen. I answered. Suddenly I remembered all the things I'd said to her as a doll earlier. For fuck's sake, I had even masturbated right in front of her and then asked if she'd enjoyed the show. Perhaps the nod hadn't been a result of too much eggnog after all. Holly released my hand and let me retrieve a pair of boxer briefs from my bag. Eventually I would get around to unpacking, but there were more pressing concerns at the moment. I slipped into my underwear and took a seat beside her on the bed. Now that I'd seen her transformation with my own eyes there was no doubt in my mind she was exactly what she claimed to be. Okay Holly, I definitely believe you now, 100%. If this is still some sort of hallucination then it's a damn good one and way beyond anything I'd be able to figure out anyway. That takes care of the who and what. Now I have to ask why. She tilted her head in confusion. Everything she did was either incredibly adorable, or extremely sexy, or both. What do you mean? I thought for a moment before replying. I suppose what I mean is, why are you able to transform like this? I'm guessing this isn't something other dolls or toys can do? Holly smiled again. No, they can't. I'm special, and that's the good news for you. She slid closer across the comforter so she could lower her voice. I'm your Christmas wish come true. She had obviously expected this to somehow clarify everything for me. The idea that something as simple as a wish could bring a doll to life wasn't really so far-fetched, given what I just witnessed. That said, I didn't recall making any such wish, though there was another possibility. Are you referring to what Chloe said last night about me finding a girl to ease my loneliness? It was the only explanation I could think of, though looking back it didn't seem like much of a ceremony. Holly shrugged. I'm not entirely sure of who made the wish, but I'm here now to make it happen. A special girl to make sure you never feel lonely again. I couldn't help but let my eyes wander over her once more. With great boobs and ass, just like Chloe said. She grinned. Don't forget the part about an insatiable sex drive. That explained why she didn't seem to mind nudity and why she had asked to join me in the shower. So, what you're saying is, because of some silly wish my sister made last night, you were given the ability to transform into a living person, solely for the purpose of keeping me company. The smile faded slightly on her lips. I'm here to make you happy, Elliot, in any way I can. Do you want me to go away? I understand if you do. I won't bother you anymore. No, of course not. I'm not saying that at all. I said, worried that she had gotten the wrong impression. I'm just trying to piece things together so we're on the same page. You have to remember, this isn't exactly something I'm used to. Magic and wishes are only supposed to exist in fairy tales. Playfully, Holly leaned back and waved her hand over herself as if to showcase her body. Can I be your fairy tale then, Elliot? I promise, all of this is real, and it's all yours for the taking. The shirt rose higher, giving me a great view of her hips and everything in between. I tried not to smile, but failed miserable. Her eyes wandered down to my underwear, and I knew there was no hiding the truth. She was so beautiful, and so incredibly sexy. I couldn't hide my erection even if I'd wanted to. Do you want me to make you come again? She asked. I bet that would make you feel better. I raised an eyebrow in confusion. Again? You've made me come before? Holly bit her lip, and I knew she was about to confess something naughty. Last night, yes. I couldn't help myself after watching you, so I waited until you were asleep. I took your toy over there. She pointed to the laptop sitting on the desk. And I opened it to see what you were looking at. I figured out how to make the people inside start moving again, and I watched. Another mystery solved. It was she who had moved my computer. She was nervous again, probably worried that I would be mad at her for using it without permission. I had bigger concerns at the moment, so I urged her to continue. I learned a lot from watching them, and it made me so unbearable horny I couldn't help myself. I began to touch myself, and it felt amazing, but I wanted to do more. So, I got into your bed, careful not to wake you, and I slipped my fingers down so that I could touch you too. I'm sorry for making a mess, but I wanted to make you happy. That explains why my leg was sticky this morning. I answered. 
The thought of Holly's hand stroking me wasn't making my underwear any more comfortable. I had so many more questions for her, but my focus was elsewhere. How did you feel afterwards? She smiled wide and blushed before looking down at the sheets. I really enjoyed it. It made me happy, knowing I could do that for you. I'm happy to see I can still arouse you right now. Her eyes wandered back to my groin that I sighed. How does this work exactly? Do you have to do whatever I ask? As long as your request is within the bounds of the wish, then yes, I will happily do whatever you ask of me. Is that your choice, though? I don't think I would feel right otherwise. It would be like owning a slave. The idea of having full control over someone made me feel a bit uneasy. Would you like me to have a choice? She asked. I would always choose whatever makes you happy, Elliot, no matter what, but you shouldn't worry. Wishes like this aren't granted for bad people, and I know you wouldn't do anything to hurt me. How can you be so sure? I mean, I don't think I'm a bad person either, but I'm certainly no saint. She shrugged. I just know. Then, unexpectedly, she leaned in and gave me a kiss on the cheek. Her lips were warm on my skin and for some reason this gave me some reassurance. No. She continued. Why don't I show you what I can do for you? Her hand slid slowly up my thigh as she spoke, and when she bit her lip I knew there was no point in resisting. I wanted what she was so willing to provide. Okay. I answered. But I have to do something first. I moved higher on the bed, ensuring I could look her in the eye while I spoke. Holly, I want you to promise me that from this point forward you will only do something if it is what you truly want to do. Even if I ask you for something that was part of the wish, I want you to have a choice in the matter. This is the first and only order I will ever give you, understood? She gazed into my eyes as I spoke, the surprise evident on her face. How many men would surrender the ability to demand sex from someone as gorgeous as her? In a way it was cheating because I knew her desire to please me would mean that just about any request would be fulfilled, but at least I would know she could always refuse. When the surprise finally wore off, she gave me a gentle nod. I promise. I won't do anything unless it is something I want to do. She paused for a moment. But I might need your help. There's still so much I must learn about being alive, and I'm not sure what else I could possibly ever want besides pleasing you, Elliot. Will you do that for me? Will you teach me what it's like to be a real girl? I will. More smiles. Good. But that can wait. First, I have something I need to take care of as well. Her hand was now sliding over my underwear, my throbbing cock separated from her fingertips by nothing more than thin cotton. And I give you my word, Elliot, this is something I want to do very much. I didn't have the self-control to resist. I'd given her the right to choose, after all, and who was I to argue with her desires? I leaned back to put my head on the pillow while Holly continued to play with me down below. The stroking ceased and I looked down in time to watch as she peeled the shirt over her head, treating me to another wonderful view of her chest. This time I felt encouraged to take my time in exploring every inch of her body with my eyes. Her breasts were perky and round, and the temptation to reach out and play with them was practically unbearable. There was so much of her I wanted to explore, but I fought back the urges, determined to take this nice and slow. Do you really like how I look? She asked, this time in a sweet, teasing voice devoid of any nervousness that I nodded. I love everything about you. You're perfect in every way, and I have a feeling that goes beyond just the physical. Really? She played with her hair, wrapping a dark curl around her finger as she bit her lip once more. Really? You're sweet and naughty at the same time, and it's driving me crazy. I love seeing you smile, and you give me these looks like I'm the only person in the world. You are my world, Elliot. She said with a smile. And even after you've shown me everything else that's out there, you would still be my world. Is it okay if I kiss you? I nodded. You can do whatever you want, remember? She didn't waste any time. I closed my eyes as she leaned in and pressed her lips against mine. Her body shifted forward until she was laying on top of me, her nipples hard against my chest as her tongue slipped between my lips. I put my hands on her back, exploring the curvature of her spine before traveling the soft, smooth road down to her perfectly round ass. She moved to straddle my thigh and I could feel her arousal against my skin. Unable to resist, I gave her ass a playful smack just to see her reaction. Holly squealed and smiled wide before continuing to kiss me. She was going to be quite fun, I could tell. My hand wandered down to her thigh, playing with the edge of her stocking and teasing the soft flesh above. Do you want me to take those off? She asked as my hand slipped under the cotton. Nah, keep them on. I replied. They look good on you. Before she could reply I let my hand travel higher, scouting until my fingers were no longer dry. 
I gently teased her until my palm was slick with her arousal, pleased with the soft little moan that escaped her lips. She sighed softly in my ear as I discovered her womanhood, and just as she began to nibble at my neckline, I slid a finger inside. Holly shivered against me, enticing me to continue deeper. Your finger feels so good in my pussy. She moaned, surprising me with her language. It made me grin. Such a naughty word from someone so innocent. I answered. She nodded towards the laptop. I learned it from your toy over there. Should I stop using that word? I don't mind a bit of dirty talk. I answered. It was hard to respond as her fingers slipped under my waistband to play with me without restraint. Her thumb found the bead of precum that my cock had so generously provided, and she wasted no time using it to stroke soft circles on the underside of my shaft. I was going to explode if this kept on for much longer, and it was obvious to us both. She continued to tease me for another minute, while I gently fingered her before rolling over onto her back. Her eyes were dripping with invitation, and I was eager to accept. I climbed on top of her as she spread those slender legs around me, her hands already pushing my underwear down my legs. Are you sure you want to do this? I asked, my cock hovering just inches from her glistening labia. Technically, you only just met me an hour ago. She pulled me into another kiss, and all my worries vanished as her tongue danced with mine. When Holly finally released me she leaned into whisper in my ear. Elliot, please, I'm begging you. If you don't fuck me right now I'm going to tie you to the bed and do it anyway. Don't you want to fuck me? Don't you want to feel my virgin pussy for the first time? Please, don't make me wait any longer. Wish granted. I replied. I knew we had to be quiet, so I leaned in and kissed her just as the tip of my cock found her opening. I teased my head against her clit, using her arousal to wet myself before slowly pushing inside. Her hands gripped tight into my back as her body shivered beneath me. Her lips worked harder against mine as she struggled to control herself, but as I began to work the remaining inches of my shaft into her the moan finally escaped, louder than expected. I knew she couldn't resist, and I myself struggled to control my volume as I groaned. I bit down gently on her lip and the moan turned into a sigh as her nails released my back. I leaned back to look Holly in those lovely gray eyes. She looked at me with longing, and I knew then that no matter how much I enjoyed this, the next few minutes would be entirely devoted to her pleasure. I shifted my hips and slowly eased myself out again, keeping just the tip inside her as she writhed and moaned beneath me. That feels really good. She whispered. I suppose I don't have to remind you how big you are. I laughed. A guy always appreciates the compliment. I certainly felt larger than life at that moment, my manhood snug against her virgin walls. She didn't appear to feel any pain, but I wasn't surprised. Holly was dripping wet and I had little doubt she was feeling nothing but pure bliss. Still, I took my time, pushing slowly back into her pussy as far as I could, then slowly pulling back out, her moans providing more than enough motivation. With every thrust I pushed harder against her mound, giving her clitoris plenty of attention, while my cock did the rest. It was slow and passionate at first, but her eyes were practically begging for more. I was thankful the bed did not squeak as I began to fuck her harder and faster, determined to make her come before my inevitable release. You're really good at this, she said as her legs wrapped tightly around me. My balls were damp with her arousal as I drove deeper into her body, pushing moans and sighs through her lips with every thrust. Her back arch, pushing her flushed chest towards me as her breathing grew faster. She was close to orgasm and I had no intention of letting her down. I began to thrust as hard as I could without waking Chloe next door, determined to make Holly come. I didn't have to wait long. She stared into my eyes, her hand over her mouth as the first wave of bliss surged through her body. I felt her walls contract against me as her nails dug deeper into my back, likely drawing blood. I refused to slow down, continuing to pound into her as I drove the orgasm for as long as I could. Her cum was creamy white along my shaft, coating me in the evidence of her orgasm. Those eyes never left mine, silently pleading for the pleasure to continue forever. Finally, as though her body could take no more, her thighs squeezed tight around me, forcing me to stop as she shivered in ecstasy below. I took her lips in a deep kiss, holding her slender body in my arms as the contractions slowly subsided. My cock was firmly planted deep inside her, and I wanted nothing more than to empty my balls, but old habits took over. I waited patiently for her legs to release me from their grip, allowing me to move once more. I slowly resumed my thrusting, amazed at how easily I slid in and out of her body. When she finally opened her eyes they were beaming with lust. With Holly satisfied it was time to return the favor. It didn't take long. I took one of her tiny pink nipples into my mouth for the first time as I found my rhythm. She ran her fingers through my hair, 
encouraging me to suck and kiss with every little gasp. I gave the soft flesh of her breast a nibble and Holly squealed with delight, arching her back to grant me easier access. I did the same to her nipple and her gasp of pleasure was more than enough to push me over the edge. With no hesitation I leaned back and pulled myself out, my cock already missing the warmth of her body. Holly parted her ruby lips in anticipation as I slowly stroked myself above her. I came after just a few strokes, grunting as the first pearly rope erupted from my cock, falling just short of her chest and marking her tummy instead. The next rope went much higher, leaving a streak of white on her cheek and in her hair. The third landed perfectly between her breasts where she was eager to play, her fingers exploring her slippery curves before disappearing between her lips. I managed to pump a little more after that, leaving drops of semen in the short hair of her mound as I watched her taste me for the first time. Her smile was wide and bright to match the flush in her cheeks. Oh, you made a mess all over your new plaything, she said before continuing to lick her fingers clean. She finished cleaning her chest before moving down to her belly where more of my pearly seed was waiting. I watched in amazement as my breathing slowly returned to normal. I'm going to have to get you cleaned up, I replied. If nobody heard us having sex, they weren't likely to hear the shower either. I was suddenly a bit nervous and considered locking the door just in case. Maybe next time you can come inside me? She asked, catching me by surprise. Not that I'm complaining, she added, giving me a wink before giving her fingers another lick. Can I do that? I asked, suddenly curious. I mean, can you get pregnant like other girls? Holly giggled. That's the great thing about being me. I can control every aspect of my body, at least everything inside. What exactly does that mean? I asked, genuinely confused. She propped herself on her elbows before answering. I'm here for your pleasure, Elliot, and I'm assuming right now a family isn't what you're looking for? So, with that in mind, I control my body so I don't ovulate. Do you trust me? I nodded. The idea of her having control like that really wasn't any stranger than her ability to become a children's toy, or vice versa. It made me feel better about having sex in the future, knowing she had a form of birth control that was 100% effective. It also made me curious about what else she could control, and if she could ever reverse those effects. After all, what if one day she wanted to be a mother, shouldn't she have that choice as well? I had all of these questions, and more, but Holly wasn't letting me ask them. I can see in your eyes that you're dying to ask me more, but you'll have to wait. First, you have to come and help me clean up your mess. Before I could argue Holly was sliding off the bed, careful not to leave anything on the sheets as she moved. It didn't matter of course, considering the sheets were already damp with evidence of her own orgasm. I didn't mind. I stood and followed her to the bathroom, watching her ass as she bent down to remove her stockings. She didn't know how to operate the shower, so I showed her, and I was quite amused at how delighted she was to step in for the first time. She had never experienced a shower before, so this was a real treat. I joined her in the water, kissing her whenever my hands weren't busy making her clean again. I helped her wash her hair, promising to steal some of Chloe's shampoo and soap for next time, before lathering her in my own body wash. She enjoyed how slippery it made her skin, and we spent most of the time pressed against one another, making out against the tile. I wanted to fuck her again, but she was having so much fun that I decided to save that experience for later. The water grew cold and we stepped out so I could help her dry off. She never stopped smiling as I towelled her body, enjoying the sensation of being dry and warm again. When we finished, I brought her back to the bed and offered her a clean shirt and a pair of shorts. She asked if I would mind her keeping the clothes off for now, and of course I agreed. Would it be okay if I sleep in the bed with you tonight? Holly asked, her eyes hopeful as she played with her hair. I would love nothing more. I pulled back the cover so she could climb under, her stockings still on the floor. Then I grabbed the remote and switched on the TV before turning out the light, finally joining her in the warmth of my bed. Holly snuggled close to me as I flipped through the channels, finally landing on something familiar. I remember that man, she said. This was what you were watching last night. Is it the same kind of show as that other one you watched? I laughed. No, not at all. This is a movie, basically just a recorded performance for entertainment. It's called Christmas Vacation, and it's a comedy. What you saw on my computer over there is different. I like learning new words. What makes that movie different? It's called pornography, and really its only purpose is to show people having sex. People watch it and masturbate. That's when you touch yourself to feel good, like you did last night. Interesting. Can you show me more pornography sometime? She asked excitedly. I think I could learn a lot from it, and I had a lot of fun. Masturbating? Again I laughed. 
Perhaps, though I don't think porn is the most educational form of entertainment. For now let's just watch this. It's a good movie, and it's near the beginning. I think you'd really enjoy it. Enjoy it she did. I was sound asleep long before the ending once again, but Holly didn't technically need sleep, and only closed her eyes after the film was over. The next morning I awoke to find Holly wasn't lying next to me as expected. My first reaction was to once again ponder my own sanity. Perhaps the events of last night had been an incredibly sexy mirage after all. That's when I heard a noise at my desk, and I turned to find Holly sitting naked in my chair with the laptop open. Porn was playing in the browser, though this time it was something different than what I'd left it on. She had one hand on the keyboard and the other between her legs. I'm not sure you're going to learn anything about being a real girl by watching porn all the time. I said groggily as my eyes adjusted. Holly turned quickly, smiling wide and beaming. You're awake. I'm getting there. I said as I sat up. What are you watching over there? She turned back to the screen. I'm still learning how to use this thing, so I'm not really sure. I clicked one of the pictures and this movie started playing. It's called Sister Knows Best. Terrific, Holly was already venturing into the world of incest, and it wasn't even noon. I rubbed the water from my eyes and yawned when suddenly I felt a shift in the mattress. I opened my eyes to find Holly had left the desk and was now crawling on all fours up to me, her grin dripping with wicked intentions. You don't waste any time, do you? I asked. Her hand was already pulling back the covers, eager to discover what treasure might be waiting for her below. What she found was morning wood, with the slight gleam of arousal already leaking from my head. I'm not a fan of wasting things. Holly replied. Before I could answer she leaned forward and ran her tongue along the full length of my shaft, from base to tip. If I wasn't fully awake before, I certainly was now. When her tongue reached the tip of my cock she took her time, tracing slow circles around my crown before sliding it between her scarlet lips. It was an impressive sight, watching her take my entire length over and over, never coming up for air. Dolls had no gag reflex, and I assumed Holly had no real use for oxygen either. I made no complaint as she repeatedly introduced me to the back of her throat. I pride myself on my stamina, but Holly wasn't making it easy. It didn't help that we had only had sex once last night, despite our urges. Her lips continued to sheath my cock over and over, taking it impossibly deep within her eager mouth. Her tongue worked masterfully along the underside of my shaft with every pass, and for a moment I completely forgot this was her first experience with oral sex. When it came to pleasure Holly had an unnatural learning curve, and I hoped the same held true for whatever else I would need to teach her. My balls tightened as my shaft filled with semen, ready to explode in Holly's mouth. I thought it polite to warn her, in case she preferred I pull out for the finale. In answer, Holly kept her eyes on mine and began to suck faster, hungry for her reward. Unable to hold on, I relaxed my body and began to pump her mouth full of cum while she moaned below. A few seconds later she released me from her grasp and I watched as she swallowed my gift with a smile. It was the best blowjob I'd ever received. Holly, that was fucking incredible. I said when I finally caught my breath. Glad you enjoyed it. I've been waiting to do that all morning. I was actually prepared to tell her to lay back on the bed so that I could return the favor, when there was a knock at the door. Holly quickly ducked behind the mattress and disappeared, transforming into a doll while out of sight. I quietly covered myself just before Chloe opened the door and looked in. I couldn't help but wonder how long she had been standing there, and what she might have heard. Oh good, you're awake, she said, giving no indication she had heard anything at all. Mom and Liz took Zoe to the park to go sledding, and Dad is still at work. If you're hungry I thought we could make breakfast together? Sounds good, I'll be right down. I answered, hoping she would close the door and leave. All right, I'll get things started. She started to turn away, but her eyes suddenly shifted to the desk and she paused. I turned my head to see what had caught her interest, worried that the screensaver on my laptop had failed to cover up the porn. To my relief, her focus was on the doll's dress, hanging from the edge of my desk to dry. Oh, did the stain come out? She asked, now entering the room without asking and stepping over to take a look. A feeling of absolute dread suddenly came over me as I realized how fucked I was at that moment. I hadn't yet told Holly that she had been purchased as a gift for my six-year-old cousin, though I had a feeling she knew as much already. Obviously, now that she was serving as my lover and companion, this would have to change. I could only imagine how devastated and used Holly would feel if I continued to fuck her silly for a few nights only to box her up and gift-wrap her before giving her away to a child on Christmas. It pained me just to think of it. The problem was Chloe. She knew already that the doll was to be Zoe's gift but last night I'd formed my own plan for this. 
The dress was already conveniently stained, so it would be simple enough to lie to my sister and say the stain was irremovable, and that a replacement toy would need to be found. That plan was soon to be foiled, however, because the stain had in fact been easy enough to remove, and Chloe was now seeing this with her own eyes as she held the dress up for inspection. My heart sank further as she nodded her approval. You did a great job with this Elliot. You'd never know there was ever anything there at all. Mom would be proud. She gave me a wink before placing the garment back on the edge of the desk to finish drying. As she did so, her elbow tapped the computer keyboard, waking it from sleep mode. The light caught her eye and yet another awkward situation unfolded in front of me as my sister read the title of the video. Chloe knew what. Sister knows best. Could only mean in this context. Oops. Sorry, didn't mean to go snooping. She said in her teasing tone of voice. It did little to ease how awkward I felt, but I gave her credit for trying. No worries, just something I clicked at random while trying to get to sleep last night. I lied, hoping it didn't sound as though I were trying to cover up anything. It's fine, replied Chloe. Might want to be careful on sites like those. Don't want to get a virus. I didn't know what to say, so I simply nodded behind her. I had hoped to find an excuse as to why I couldn't give Holly away, but I was suddenly too embarrassed to think. Chloe closed the browser and shut the laptop before turning to leave. Anyway, get dressed and come give me a hand. I never learned how to make omelets as well as you, so don't leave me hanging. With that, she left my room and closed the door. I sat there, mortified, for several seconds before Holly reemerged on the other side of the bed with her gorgeous smile. That was a close one. I'm glad she remembered to knock this time, and I'm glad I was able to make you come before. Elliot? What's wrong? She finally saw the despair in my eyes. Before I could answer, Holly jumped to conclusions on her own. Oh no! She saw the movie on the computer. Elliot, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have left it there for her to find. Are you in trouble? I shrugged it off and gave her a reassuring smile. Nah, Chloe didn't seem to think it was too awkward. Not sure what that says about her, though. She still looked worried. I'll make sure that never happens again, I promise. I'll be more careful. To be honest, it's not the porn thing that worries me. Holly, I haven't mentioned this yet, but you do understand that when I bought you from that store, you were supposed to be a Christmas gift to someone else, right? Her smile wavered, but she didn't look distressed. I knew this, yes. I guess I was hoping you would change your mind after last night. I understand if you haven't, of course. It's not my place to ask you to keep me. I took her hand in mine. No one is taking you away from me and I'm sure as hell not giving you away that easily, not unless you ever decide you want to. I had planned to tell Chloe that the dress was ruined. A lie, of course, but at least I wouldn't have to explain anything to her. Then I could just go and find something else to give Zoe before it was too late, and I need Chloe to take me into town for that to happen. But now Chloe has seen my dress. Holly observed. That excuse won't work. Exactly. But don't worry, I'll think of something. I said, touching her cheek reassuringly. To my surprise, Holly was all smiles and laughter this morning, despite her nervousness last night. She seemed to be less worried about rejection now that I'd promised to teach her about the world. Chloe's voice rang up from below. Elliot! You better not be watching more porn! Get down here and help your sister or you can eat cold cereal! Holly couldn't help but giggle before meeting my eyes again. Sounds like you're being summoned! You should go and have your breakfast. I've already had mine! She said with a naughty little wink and a glance at my covered manhood. Fair enough. Hey, don't worry about earlier. I'll work things out, I promise. I said, realizing that I was mostly trying to convince myself. I know you will. She answered, still smiling at me as I climbed out of bed. I'm probably going back into town with Chloe today, especially if I can think of a way to change out Zoe's gift. Will you be okay in here alone for another day? I feel really bad leaving you, but I don't have a way of getting you outside without causing suspicion. No need to be sorry. I like your bedroom a lot. I think I can manage just fine until you get in for the night. But be ready, because I fully intend to take care of you just like I did last night. Holly replied that I gave her a mischievous grin. I'm not the one who needs to be ready, trust me. Do you mind if I use your computer again? She asked, nodding towards the desk. I loved the way her breasts shifted as she turned. I think I'm getting the hang of it. I reflected on Chloe's earlier warning about viruses and decided Holly probably shouldn't be left unsupervised with my computer, especially given her desire to look at porn nonstop. Perhaps it's time I showed you how to work the television. Or even better, I have plenty of books if you like reading. I assume since you could read the title on that video earlier, you can read English fairly well?
She nodded. My English is perfect. Not bad for a second language, if I say so myself. I tilted my head in confusion. Second language? What else do you speak? Mandarin Chinese is technically my first language, though I find it's not practical to use when I'm with you. That's random. Why Chinese? I asked that T.O. answer. Holly stretched out her left leg and began to roll away the stocking once again. I remained confused until she finally pulled the sock free of her toes and lifted her foot so I could view her sols. There, in thin lettering, was a tattoo dot made in China. I suppose that makes sense, actually. I answered, shaking my head. She giggled, rolling the stocking back up her slender leg. Maybe one day I'll teach you, and we can speak it together. But stop wasting time. Get some clothes on before Miss Chloe murders you. Two minutes later I was hurrying down the stairs, an extra bounce in my step, courtesy of Holly's wake-up surprise. Chloe was mixing eggs in a bowl when I stepped into the kitchen, and when she finished berating me for taking so long I was instructed to chop ingredients for our omelets. So, what were you planning to do today? She asked as I finished up with the mushrooms. I don't really have a plan to be honest. I figured you would. Actually, if you don't mind, I need you to go back into town with me. I nodded, hoping I could steer this favorably in my direction. I don't mind. What do you need to head out there for? Well, remember when I said I got Melissa something for Christmas? She asked, suddenly seeming anxious. Underwear, if I recall. I guess she gets to unwrap her gift, and then you get to unwrap her? Chloe smirked back at me. Well, that is the general idea, isn't it? Except now she's inviting me over to her house tomorrow night to meet her parents, and I'm worried she'll want to exchange gifts while they're watching. Might be a little awkward if she pulls out a scandalous pair of panties in front of them, no matter how open-minded they are. I set my knife aside and looked Chloe in the eyes. You're having dinner with her parents tomorrow? Didn't you tell me just yesterday you weren't sure how serious this would be? She held up her hands in surrender. It was her idea, not mine. I couldn't help but laugh as I returned to chopping. What are you going to tell the parents? Well, I'm assuming she's already told them, since they're the ones that asked. No, I mean what are you going to tell our parents? I explained. Oh, right. She said with a blush. I guess I'll tell them I'm seeing an old classmate. I don't think they'll mind, but it's probably best to wait until after the holidays, right? I shrugged. Despite the stereotypes of southern upbringing that I'd had to endure in California, my family was neither racist nor homophobic. Chloe really had nothing to fear, though I supposed most of her worries were of her own creation. I felt it best to change the subject to one in my favor. Actually, I'm glad you're going shopping today. I've been thinking, that doll probably isn't right for Zoe. I mean, she's almost seven now, and I've never seen her take much interest in dolls. Maybe I should find her something more appropriate. It sounded convincing in my head. To my frustration, Chloe looked almost offended by the idea. Are you kidding me? That doll is gorgeous, and you already removed that stain. Well, that wasn't really all that hard. I think you're overthinking things a bit, Elliot. That doll is perfect, and you and I both know how right it felt when we pulled her from that shelf. You can't just return her now. Zoe is going to love her gift, trust me. I tried to think of an argument, but no spark of brilliance appeared in my moment of darkness. I should have given it more time, but I'd been eager to find a solution as soon as possible, and now time was running out. I'd only made things more difficult for myself. Cheer up, big brother. Just think, with me out at Melissa's and the parents taking Liz and Zoe ice skating, you'll have the house all to yourself for a few hours. Plenty of time to watch all the porn you can handle. I held the knife in a threatening manner. Don't act all innocent. I've seen your browser history. I'm just letting you know you'll have plenty of privacy. She said as she held her hands in surrender. The rest of our conversation was spent discussing breakfast and ideas for a more innocent gift for Chloe's unofficial girlfriend. My thoughts were on Holly the whole time, wondering how I was going to get out of this mess I'd created for myself. My lovely Christmas angel was counting on me to find a solution that I continued to think during the short drive into town, but saying anything else about the doll would probably raise more suspicion than I was prepared to explain, even if I did manage to formulate a new plan. Chloe avoided the shopping mall this time and instead decided to check the smaller shops downtown, hoping to find something unique and special. Most of our time was spent in jewelry shops. Chloe could tell I was distracted, but I was able to play it off as ignorance when it came to silver and gems. She asked for my opinion regardless, and I did my best to help, but truthfully I learned more from listening to her conversation with the salesman. It gave me ideas for later. As we hopped from one shop to another I kept my eye open for a suitable gift to replace Holly, but Chloe wasn't looking for toy stores. 
It wasn't a very productive morning for either of us. Chloe was being extremely indecisive, and no matter how many potential gifts we looked through she was never quite satisfied. Fuck, this is frustrating, said Chloe as we left the record store empty-handed. It was already past noon. You said she's somewhat nerdy, like us. Does she do a lot of reading? She does, but I wouldn't really know what book to get her. Do you know her favorite book? I asked. She's mentioned a few of them. But why would I get her a book she probably already owns? I shook my head. I'm not talking about getting her a book. You're an artist. What if you painted something for her, like a scene from one of those books? It has the personal touch you're looking for, and it'll also impress her parents when they see your skills. Chloe frowned. Or they could think I'm mediocre. Are you fucking kidding me? Chloe, you've won competitions and scholarships and all kinds of things with your work. Something like this should be a piece of cake. She finally relented with a nod. You know, that might actually be a good idea. And most of the supplies are already waiting at home. I just need a canvas and a few refills of paint. Elliot, you're a fucking genius. I brushed my shoulder off mockingly. Tell me something I don't know. So, does this mean another trip to that art store in the mall? I mentally crossed my fingers. Chloe shook her head. Nope. Michael's is much closer, and probably less crowded. I'll try there first. I had silently hoped that she would choose them all, giving me an extra opportunity to look for gifts, but once again I couldn't argue with her logic. Today wasn't going to bear any solutions for my problem, and I was starting to worry. Tomorrow was Christmas Eve and probably my last chance to keep Holly in my life. All I could do was have a little faith. From there it was a quick trip to the art store where Chloe did her shopping in record time, followed by a quick lunch. She was rather pleased with herself now, blabbering on and on about various scenes she could reference as we made our journey home. I tried to focus, but the knot growing in my stomach was quite distracting. I'd only had Holly for one night, yet the thought of losing her pain me.it suddenly occurred to me that Chloe would probably go lock herself in her studio for the next few hours to paint, leaving me plenty of free time alone with my new companion. When we arrived home I lingered in the kitchen for a moment, pretending to look for leftover fruitcake while I listened to Chloe move about. Sure enough, when she poked her head in to speak, it was to tell me she was going upstairs to start doing some research, and if I needed her I could find her in the attic. The parents had agreed to let her use the space as her personal art studio, provided she kept the music to a tolerable volume. I followed Chloe upstairs watching her disappear through the doorway hiding the attic stairs and counting to thirty before finally entering my own bedroom. I kicked my shoes off the moment I entered, calling for Holly to reappear because I knew she'd be hiding. Her gorgeous eyes peered out from the bathroom door where she had been lurking, smiling now that I was here to see her. It warmed my heart to see her again. Elliot! You're just in time. I thought you'd be out a while, so I went ahead and prepared a little surprise for you. If she had more words to speak, they were cut short as I pulled her in for an overdue kiss. This time it was my tongue that entered her mouth, searching for a partner to dance with and she was happy to provide. We stood there in one another's arms, kissing for what felt like ages, before I finally released her lips and caught my breath. I didn't let go of her waist, however. I was scheming. What's my surprise? I asked, genuinely curious. Her smile was impossibly naughty. She took my hand, guiding it slowly down to her thigh and under her skirt. My fingers finally came to rest against her sex, and I immediately noticed she was soaking wet with arousal. Perhaps more delightfully, I found her skin was glassy smooth from her lips to her mound. Holly had shaved herself in my absence. I couldn't help but smile in approval. What made you want to do this? I asked, rubbing my fingers against those silky petals. I saw it in those movies. Do you like it? She asked, purring as I teased her down below. I nodded. I'm about to show you how much I love it. Come here. Before she could react I was pulling her against me, lifting her up in my arms so I could carry her to the wall. She let out a sexy little gasp as I took her off her feet, followed by a giggle as I placed her back against the cool surface. I lowered my hands to her ass, holding her against me as she wrapped her arms and legs around my body. Her fingers wound through my hair before pulling me in for another passionate kiss. I was happy to oblige as I pressed my body against her. Her arousal was warm against my crotch and my cock was reacting in kind. And my desire to fuck her was quickly becoming a need. As though reading my mind, Holly reached down with one hand and began to unfasten my belt. I held her steady, keeping her lips busy as she pushed my jeans and underwear down my thighs, allowing my cock to spring free at last. I took great joy in teasing her, letting it sway just out of reach as she desperately stretched for her favorite toy. She began to whimper and pout until I inched closer, 
letting her rub the tip against her labia until it gleamed with her juices. She bit her lip and looked deep into my eyes. You want me to beg again? You know I will. You know I'll do anything, anything at all, just to feel you inside me one more time. I wasn't going to make her beg. At this point I was only teasing myself if I kept this going, and I saw no reason to keep either of us waiting. With her hand still serving as guide, I slowly entered her, savoring the bite of her nails in my shoulder as I drove deeper. She gasped and moaned as I gave her every inch, her juices trickling down my balls as they came to rest against her. With Chloe preoccupied upstairs we were less concerned with being quiet, but I thought it best to keep up the habit. For this reason, before I began pounding into her, Holly leaned in close to whisper in my ear. Elliot, this body is all yours for the taking. Don't make me beg, please. Fuck me. I took her lips in mine, kissing hard as I pulled my hips backward. I wasn't going gently this time, and I immediately slammed every inch back into her, clutching her ass firmly as I held her in place. She was right about one thing, this wasn't making love. I was going to fuck her hard against this wall, and nothing would stop me until I drained my balls deep within her body. My thrusting was hard and fast, and Holly was quite vocal in her approval. Holly continued to moan in my ear as I started to nibble my way down her pretty neckline. She caught on as I continued leaving a trail of soft marks along her skin, using her free hand to push away the straps of her dress. Slowly, she pulled the dress lower to expose her milky breasts, bouncing gently as I continued to pound into her. Her nipples were far too tempting to ignore, my lips continuing their journey south to take one in my mouth. Suddenly, Holly's own teeth were on my shoulder, biting down to muffle the scream of pleasure. Her orgasm had come quickly, leaving her creamy cum on my shaft as it continued to slide in and out of her pussy. I never slowed my thrusting, determined to drive that orgasm for as long as possible. Eventually she let go of my shoulder, leaving telltale impressions in my pale skin. I certainly didn't mind, continuing to fuck her with renewed vigor as the familiar shivering ran through her arms. She was panting in my ear by the time she regained control of her senses, the orgasm finally beginning to subside. I felt satisfied I'd done my part in pleasing her, and now it was time to finish what I'd started. I knew I wouldn't last much longer regardless, staring deep into Holly's eyes as I continued pounding her against that wall, her legs dangling around my waist out I felt my balls tighten as my cock swelled against her walls, having finally arrived at the point of no return. I came inside her for the first time, her face a perfect image of carnal desire as I held her tight against me. My cock remained firmly planted deep inside her as the throbbing continued, pumping my warmth into her body. The sting of her nails on my back was easy to ignore as I finished giving her all I had to offer. We lost track of time as we stood there, eyes closed and panting as the bliss washed over our joined bodies. When I finally opened my eyes I found her staring back at me with wonderment. I leaned in to kiss those gorgeous lips, stifling her gasp as I slowly eased myself out. We retreated to the bed to recover, but Holly made it clear she wasn't finished with me. I took my break, but didn't keep her waiting long. Over the next two hours, Holly and I fucked like winter bunnies trying to keep warm. Now that I'd had my first orgasm stamina wasn't going to be an issue, and it wasn't long before Holly lost count of her own. Eventually, fatigue began to settle in, and I reluctantly informed my beautiful lover that I'd have to throw in the towel soon. Not accepting this as an answer, Holly pushed me down on the bed and told me to relax. I didn't argue, and just when I thought I'd have to give up she took me in her mouth once more. I watched in amazement as my cock disappeared between her lips, and within minutes I was pumping another load down her tiny throat. She hungrily swallowed every drop out I collapsed on my pillow with a smile as my heart raced inside my chest. You really are amazing, Holly. I've never felt this level of passion with anyone. Thank you for everything. No problem. What should we do next? I thought maybe we could try putting whipped cream on my nipples for you to lick off, then more sex? I shook my head in surrender. I'm completely drained, and I don't mean just my energy. Holly pouted next to me. Oh no. Definitely get some rest if you need it. I don't mind waiting, especially if it means you get to fill me up all over again. She bit her lip flirtatiously. How could I have gotten so lucky? You'll want to be careful. I teased. Naughty girls get cold for Christmas. She giggled before tracing a finger down her breast. Do you want me to stop being naughty for you, Elliot? I pulled her in for another kiss, her naked body collapsing on top of me as my arm wrapped around her waist. She was so incredibly warm. Never. I replied, giving her ass a good squeeze before reaching for the remote. She was all smiles. Just don't keep me waiting too long, okay? Don't worry, sweetie. There's always more where that came from. For now, though, 
I think we should watch some TV before I have to get ready for dinner. You can tell me what you did while I was away. Holly did indeed tell me about the day's activities, though mostly those consisted of light reading, heavy porn watching, and a fair amount of time spent learning how to shave her own vagina. She asked if I'd thought of a new plan for keeping her, but I was too exhausted to think, and the subject was dropped. The worry in her voice didn't go unnoticed by me, but there was little I could do for now. The rest of my family returned just after six, and Chloe descended from her makeshift studio around the same time. No longer allowed to be antisocial, I gave Holly a final kiss and left her to finish the movie while I joined my family. Nobody felt quite up to the task of preparing a meal, so dinner consisted of takeout and pizza tonight. I certainly didn't complain, and neither did Chloe, who was super excited to tell me about the work she had accomplished in the hours since we arrived home. She seemed to be completely oblivious as to what was going on just below while she painted. Dinner was followed by more family time in the living room. Zoe was trying to be sneaky and shake the gifts when nobody was looking, but Liz was fairly vigilant when it came to her daughter. Mom couldn't help but notice that there was a gift missing, and when she asked if I'd gotten something for Zoe it was my sister who answered. Don't worry mom, we took care of that. He got her this porcelain doll that's absolutely gorgeous. I figure he'll be asking me to help him wrap it later tonight. She finished with a curious glance in my direction. The happiness was quickly fading as I pondered how I would get through this predicament. Chloe needed an answer, however, so I told her I would take care of the wrapping myself, giving her more time to prepare her own gifts for tomorrow night. She had already told our parents about having dinner with one of her friends. I couldn't concentrate on the movie that followed. I knew that if I were to be distracted by anything it should be on what else to give Zoe. Tomorrow was Christmas Eve and my last chance to fix this mess, but my attention was completely held by the lovely doll waiting for me upstairs. I couldn't wait for that moment where I could excuse myself and return to her arms. I missed her, and I had an idea of how I might repay her for everything she'd done for me that afternoon. Chloe disappeared around nine to go back to her studio, and I was close behind. I desperately needed a shower after working up a sweat earlier, and I intended to take my Christmas present with me. Soon after I locked my bedroom door, Holly and I were lathering our bodies in soap under the warm water. I waited patiently until the last of the suds were rinsed from her body before giving her the reward she deserved. I sat on the tile of the shower with my legs straight in front of me, grabbing her ass with both hands and pulling her to me. My lips were perfectly in line with hers, at least the ones I was interested in at that moment. The water flowed quickly over her body and across my tongue as I ate her for the first time, an experience she was enjoying very much. Everything about Holly was sweet, including the taste of those soft petals against my tongue. I never continued the same motion for long, using her body language to guide my tongue as I licked every part of her. I tasted deep within her opening, then focused on flicking and sucking wherever her moans lead me. I gave her clip plenty of attention as her fingers slid through my hair, pulling me closer than I thought possible. I traced slippery circles around the folds of her labia, and when I needed a break I kissed and nibbled the soft flesh of her upper thigh. The shower concealed most of her moans, but occasionally I had to caution her to lower her volume. I kept my hands busy while my tongue explored, fingers wandering over every curve they could reach. One hand found her breast and I couldn't help but squeeze softly before teasing her nipple. My other hand played with her ass, holding her close so she couldn't get away. My mouth was giving her plenty of reasons to stay. To keep her figuratively, and literally, on her toes, I slide a finger into her pussy, finding her G-spot and giving her a lesson in variety. Then, feeling more brazen and my fingers slippery with her juices, I moved further back to slide it into her ass. For a moment I worried she might object, but those fears were quickly dismissed as Holly squealed in delight. The combined sensations were too much for her body to handle, and the orgasm that followed was one of her most intense. She came hard against my tongue, her fingers clutching at my hair as she held me in place, waves of pleasure surging through her core. Her juices were unnaturally sweet against my lips, and I greedily licked her clean as the water continued to wash over her steaming body. When her orgasm subsided Holly pulled me to my feet, latching onto me for another long, passionate kiss. Her taste was still on my lips, but she made no objection as her tongue sought mine. I was horny enough to have sex with her, and Holly's eyes were practically begging for me to do just that. Reading my mind, Holly turned and placed her hands against the tile, presenting her gorgeous peach for the taking. Her orgasm had left her labia slick and shiny, and I wasted no time before penetrating her, sliding my entire length inside as I reached around to cover her mouth. Her moan was warm against my palm as I started to fuck her, 
but I was already plotting something different. I gently screwed her against the tile for several minutes, until I was confident my cock was perfectly covered in her wetness. I pulled completely free of her body, pressing the tip of my cock against her ass before she could turn to pout. Holly giggled, which I took as permission to continue. I stoked my shaft to ensure I was well lubricated before I slowly pushed inside. It was the tightest feeling I'd ever experienced, and I worried it might be painful for Holly. I should have known better. Her smile reassured me that all she felt in that moment was pure pleasure that I eased slowly forward an inch before pulling back, repeating this process gradually until I had no more inches to give. Holly gasped with every thrust, delighted to feel something much larger than a finger inside her. Her pussy was incredibly tight around my cock, but this was something else entirely, and I imagined I could get very used to this feeling. She moved her hips with me, closing the distance with every thrust so that my balls smacked gently against her labia. The water was rapidly losing heat by the time I came, grunting with each throbbing pump as I claimed the last of her holes. I remained deep inside her my balls emptying their contents into her ass while she purred beneath me. I held her against the tile until I finished, one hand on her hip, the other cupping the soft curve of her breast. My legs were shaking as I slowly pulled out, and I took a moment to sit on the shower floor once again as I recovered. Holly climbed into my lap, my cock still throbbing as it pressed against her swollen labia. Her hand caressed my cheek, eyes filled with joy as she leaned in for a kiss. Are you okay? She asked, genuine concern in her voice. Beyond okay. I answered with a wink. I didn't hurt you, did I? She shook her head. Of course not. I'm built for pleasure, remember? I especially like the part where you licked me. Can we do that again soon? We'll be doing that a lot more, trust me. Just let me catch my breath and we can go cuddle some, okay? After one last kiss, Holly gently lifted herself off me, a shimmering string of her arousal connecting our sex organs as she stood. I wanted more, but I was completely spent. My cock slowly softened between my wobbly legs, and I was careful not to fall when I finally stood to shut off the cold water. We dried ourselves quickly and retreated to the warmth of my bed. She was already used to our ritual and grabbed the remote though she was still new to the world of late-night television and therefore had no clue what to watch. She tried one of the news channels first, and I thought I'd have to give her a hand. Instead, I found that she was fascinated with the idea that worldwide information was available to watch at any time. I realized suddenly that I'd done a pretty poor job of teaching her about being alive. Holly, I began. I owe you an apology. I've been a fairly poor teacher for you lately. You asked me to help you learn about the world, and all I've managed to do is fuck you silly multiple times a day. She turned to me with those sparkling gray eyes. Never apologize for that. I've been having loads of fun with you. And you've taught me so much, whether you realize it or not. Like what? Holly giggled. Well, I know how to use the shower now. And I'm getting better at using the computer. I have no complaints about how we've been spending our time together. I smiled with a sigh. You are standing by your promise, right? I mean, all of this sex, it is what you want to do, isn't it? You really do worry too much. She said reassuringly. I'm happiest when I make you happy, and sex with you feels so incredible. If I ever decide I don't want to do something, I promise, I won't hold back. Now, no more worrying. It's only been a few days and I've honestly learned so much already. I don't think internet porn really counts. I said with a laugh. Truth is, I don't really know where to begin. There's only so much I can show you here in this room. Maybe watching the news will help. I've also been doing a lot of reading. She replied. I know enough to discern fact from fiction in most cases, and you'd be surprised how much I know about your world by now. I raised an inquisitive brow. Oh yeah? She sat up higher but kept her bare chest against me. Her nipples were hard against my skin and it was quite distracting, but I listened. Well, for example, I can tell you the names of 23 countries that I'd never heard of before. I have a basic idea of how driving a car works. I know almost everything about the Second World War. Oh, and I memorized a recipe for omelets. You got all of this just from a couple days reading? I asked with uncertainty. I looked over at my bookshelf, spotting my old history textbook and an issue of a cartooner magazine. How fast can you read? She smiled. Faster than you, apparently. So don't worry, I'm learning plenty. Her smile, ever so lovely, faded slightly as she considered her next words. That being said, I'd love to see more of the world outside with my own eyes. Do you stay here all the time? I shook my head. No, I actually go to school out in California. Did you learn where that is in those books? It's out west. 
Capital is Sacramento. Population of 39 million. Nicknamed the Golden, I'll take that as a yes. I interrupted with a proud smirk. Well, I go to school in San Francisco. I'll be taking you back with me when I leave, assuming you want to come with me? Holly nodded vigorously. I'd love to go anywhere with you. And it's a school. Schools are made for teaching, so I bet it would be the perfect place for me to learn about being a human girl. The thought of trying to enroll Holly at a university without a high school diploma or even a social security number wasn't a pleasant thought, but she had a point. It would be much easier showing her the world once I was out from under the watchful eyes of my family. I gave her another kiss and settled back down so she could watch the news. It was almost one in the morning by the time we finished catching up on world events, and neither of us were tired. What's your favorite thing about Christmas? Holly asked unexpectedly. You mean apart from my Christmas wish come true? I said flirtatiously, squeezing her tight against me. You know, I think I actually have the perfect answer for this, and it's something I can actually share with you. I'll be right back. I couldn't help but smile at my own mischievousness. She was genuinely excited and curious as I slipped on my pajama pants to sneak out the door, but I refused to give even a hint before I shut it behind me. What I had in mind was actually quite simple, but I knew she would appreciate every bit of it, perhaps more so than any other girl would that I made my way into the kitchen, careful not to make too much noise. Most of my family was already asleep, except for Chloe who was almost certainly still painting. I opened the pantry and found exactly what I'd set out for, retrieving my loot before stealthily making my way back upstairs. Holly had become a doll again after I left, but now that I was back her lovely figure reappeared under the sheets. I still would have had to explain the dress and stockings that were laying by the bed if anyone else had come by, since she hadn't bothered getting dressed, but I appreciated her concern for secrecy. I closed the door and crossed over to the bed, handing over her prize with a smile that I could tell she was a bit confused as she examined the cake in her hand, wondering why this particular treat was so special when it came to Christmas. I watched her for a few seconds, appreciating how cute she was as she sat there, topless and inquisitive. Finally, she spoke. It's a cake, right? Why is it shaped like a tree? It's a Christmas tree cake. I answered. And this is my favorite part of Christmas because these are only available during the holidays. That wasn't quite true, mind you. The same type of cake probably existed during the other seasons in a different shape, but that didn't matter. Everything tastes better when it comes in special form. It's so pretty, she said as she looked over the details. White frosting, red icing, and green sprinkles. Don't get too attached, I said with a grin. You haven't even taken your first bite. You did say before that food won't hurt you, correct? She nodded. I don't have to eat or drink, but it won't hurt me if I do. Awesome. Now I have one too. We'll eat them together, okay? I showed her the cake in my hand and demonstrated how to open the packaging. Hesitantly, she copied my movements and let the cake slide freely onto her palm. I could tell she was reluctant to destroy something I deemed so special, but I knew curiosity would eventually win this battle. After a few more seconds of study, Holly brought the tree to her lips and took a nibble. The look in her eyes that followed brought a smile to my face. Oh, Elliot! This is amazing! I can see why you claim this as your favorite part of the holiday. She hadn't even finished chewing before she spoke, and I was quite entertained watching her devour the rest. As much as I like these cakes, I had a feeling Holly loved them more. She finished her last bite and was licking her fingers before I'd had time to take more than two of my own. I couldn't help but smile as I offered her the rest of my cake. But this is yours? She said, eyeing the pastry with a different kind of lust. I don't mind. Consider it a gift. Her smiles were usually naughty, but the one she gave now was full of a different kind of passion. She was happy, and I knew in that moment she was seeing me as more than just a sexual playmate. For the first time, and with some guilt, I looked at her in kind. No girl, not even my ex, had ever looked at me this way, and my heart was pounding in response. Holly took the cake gently from my hand, never taking her eyes from mine. She was teary with joy, and over something as trivial as a mass-produced combination of sugar and dough. She nibbled slowly this time, savoring each bite as I watched. Crumbs fell to her chest, and I leaned in and cleaned the mess with my lips, waiting for her to take the last bite before I kissed her again. The kiss felt different than any before, and I realized now just how empty my heart had been. This was a special moment, with a very special girl. You really are one of a kind, you know that? I lovingly asked. The flutter in my chest was speaking for me. Holly blushed a deep red, beaming at me from behind her dark curls. Thank you. Though technically there were thousands of dolls produced in the same factory, 
Just like me. I just happened to be the one extremely lucky doll nobody wanted. No one, that is, except you. My eyes grew wide with a sudden epiphany. I couldn't believe I hadn't thought of it before. Holly, that's it. You're a genius. A beautiful, sexy, sparkly-eyed genius. She tilted her head in confusion, but I continued. I don't have to think of another gift for Zoe. I just need to find another doll like you. I saw the hurt in her eyes and immediately corrected myself. Well, not exactly like you. None of them will ever be as special or amazing as my Holly. I added, with a touch to her blushing cheek. But wasn't I the last one to be sold? Holly asked. True, but as popular as you were, they may have restocked inventory by now. I just need to get to the mall tomorrow, without Chloe. She's going to see her girlfriend, so it won't be a problem dodging her, but I don't have a car. I'll have to call a cab and hope for the best. Holly listened as I outlined my plan, clearly hopeful that this was what we'd been looking for. I was quite optimistic, but no matter what I had to fix this problem tomorrow, one way or another. Failure simply wasn't an option at this point. Today was Christmas Eve, and the mall would be closing early. If I didn't find what I was looking for, I would have to choose between giving up Holly or disappointing my little cousin, not to mention my sister. I silently debated how severe that disappointment would be, knowing already there was no way I could part with Holly after so many promises. This simply had to work that I listened to Holly's breathing as she drifted to sleep in my arms. I smiled, knowing that she didn't really need sleep. She did so because she wanted to here with me. It was the greatest gift of all, and I realized then that she deserved something in return. I would have two reasons to visit the mall today when I awoke, and I drifted to sleep already knowing what to do. I awoke to the pleasing sensation of Holly ordering her breakfast. She hadn't been kidding about the morning blowjob ritual and was determined to begin before I'd even opened my eyes. It was the best alarm clock a man could ask for. I hope you don't mind, she asked when her mouth was no longer full. If you need more time to recover. Her words were cut off as I placed my fingers in her hair, guiding her lips back where I wanted them. She was happy to continue. Five minutes later she was finished with her meal, and a few minutes after that I was pushing her down on the mattress, parting her legs so my tongue could return the favor. She was more of a dessert than a breakfast, but I had no problem skipping courses. Licking my lips, I watched her recover with a grin as I dressed. Chloe was waiting downstairs when I arrived. The parents were getting ready to go out with Liz and Zoe. They invited me along, but I wasn't a fan of ice skating or caroling, so I begged off. My actual breakfast would consist of French toast, prepared by my sister. I took a plate and sat beside her. Nice to have you up without having to call you a million times, she said as I took my first bite. It helps when you don't have to do all the cooking. I countered. Hey, I helped. I figured you were just busy looking for more mystery girls hiding in your closet, she said before taking a bite of her own. I've been avoiding eggnog, don't worry. Anyway, what are your plans for today? I know you have dinner tonight, so I assume you'll be heading that way eventually? She nodded. Melissa lives in Greenville, so I figure it'll take me nearly an hour to get there in this weather. I'll leave out around lunch so I can get there early enough to hang out for a bit and exchange my first gift to her. You mean get there early enough for a little girl-on-girl action to ease your nerves before meeting her parents? I corrected with a smirk. I received a smack on the shoulder in reply. Very well. I figure I might head into town later and see what kind of trouble I can get myself into. You want to go back out on Christmas Eve? It'll be super crowded, and I doubt you'll find much to do. And how are you going to get there? Mom and Dad are taking the Jeep, and there's no way I can let you borrow my car since I'll be leaving. I'll figure something out. The truth was that I'd already requested an Uber driver to pick me up around one o'clock. The house would be empty by then. I felt bad asking for a cab on the holiday, but I made sure I had enough money to pay for an extra large tip in return for the favor. I would be relatively broke by the end of the day, but it would all be worth it. Besides, I was bound to receive money for Christmas from someone that I spent the next few hours enjoying the company of my sister. The copious amounts of sex I'd been having lately had put me in quite the frisky mood, and I didn't hold back in teasing Chloe about her night out with her secret girlfriend. I knew she was nervous, and to be honest so was I, so the jokes helped ease the tension for both of us that I watched the clock anxiously while we played video games together in the living room. It was half past noon when Chloe finally stood to leave, giving me just half an hour to get ready before my driver arrived. With the house now empty, I went upstairs and retrieved Holly, bringing her down to see the rest of the house for the first time with human eyes. She was quite curious as she explored, and especially loved our Christmas tree. 
She said she'd never seen something so beautiful and understood now why the cakes were so oddly shaped. I stole one of Chloe's jackets from the closet for Holly to throw on, even though she didn't need one. It would at least help her blend in once we were outside. Our driver was punctual and we were relieved to find her in a great mood. I apologized sincerely for having her out on a holiday, but she insisted it wasn't a problem. She could have refused the job easily enough if she preferred, and it was hard to argue with that. I introduced Holly as my girlfriend but for the most part she stayed silent during the ride. Her eyes were constantly scanning the houses as we passed, taking in the outside view for the first time with real eyes. Just as we predicted the mall was packed beyond capacity with last-minute shoppers, but we decided to squeeze our asses through the doors anyway. For me this was a two-part mission. The first and most obvious goal was to locate the store where I'd purchased Holly. Hopefully I'd be able to find another, identical doll to serve as a replacement gift for Zoe. After that, however, I had another secret objective that would require a bit of finesse. I'd already texted our driver the details, and she happily agreed to help when the time came. Okay, Holly, do you think you can get us back to that store where we found you? I asked, hoping to avoid the crowd hovering around the map. She looked around uncertainly, nervous about being human around so many real people. I'm not sure. I think I'll know it when I see it, though. That was good enough for me. Taking her hand in mine, I led us toward the escalator, grinning with amusement at the look on her face when she stepped on. Every day with Holly promised to be an adorable adventure. When we made it to the second floor landing, I was unsure whether to turn left or right, so we picked a random direction and set off. It was apparently the wrong choice, and I had to lead us back through the crowd so we could try again. Ten minutes later, after walking a different path, Holly tugged on my arm to stop. Elliot, I think this is it. She said quietly beside me. I turned hopefully, only to be met with disappointment. This was indeed the place that I remembered, but the gate was shut, and the lights were dark. Inside looked almost completely barren, and it was clear there were no toys left to purchase. The store was called Santa's Workshop. Though I'd never heard of it before now point one of the mall security officers was passing by as we stood there and urged us to move along so we didn't block traffic. Instead, I pulled Holly out of the way and asked the officer what happened to the store we'd been so desperate to find. What, this place? This is one of those seasonal stores that we rent out around this time of year, though I think this is the first time I've ever seen this one in particular. He answered. So, it won't be reopening today? I asked, already knowing the answer. Sorry kid, they closed for good yesterday. Whoever was running this place probably didn't have enough inventory to carry them through the entire season, and when things started running thin, they must have figured it best to count the cash and close shop rather than reorder. Not like the truck would get here before Christmas anyway, you know? My heart sank lower in my chest. I felt foolish not to have anticipated something like this, but I was so blinded by hope that I hadn't considered the possibility. It was obvious now that I would have to change things a bit. It was disappointing, but I was here now, and there was no way I was going to leave empty-handed. I just needed to find another gift, and deal with Chloe later. Holly could tell I was upset, but she remained quiet during our slow trip back to the ground floor. I needed to think of new ideas, but first I needed to put some food in my stomach. I took my companion to the food court, and ordered two large slices of pizza and a soda to share. Watching Holly take her first bite of pizza brought a new smile to my face, but it was only a temporary distraction. Mind if I sit here? I looked up from my plate to an unexpected sight, but then I remembered this was a mall. It made sense there would be someone dressed as Santa Claus walking around, and of course that poor employee would need lunch at some point. Not at all. I replied, clearing a space for our jolly guest. Thank you kindly. It's so crowded in here. I was worried I'd have to eat in the sleigh. The imitation Santa took a seat next to me, tucking a large Christmas sack beneath the table before digging into his Thai noodles. I'd have thought Mrs. Claus would be taking care of your dinner tonight, back home in the North Pole. I joked. Santa laughed. Oh, I'm sure you're right. But there's always room in here for more, don't you worry, he said, patting his oversized belly. He really did look the part. His eyes then turned to my companion. And who might you be, my dear? I'm Holly, she said with that heart-stealing smile. Pleased to meet you, Holly. That's a very festive name. He took a bite of his lunch before turning back to me. So, Elliot, it's really none of my business, but I can't help but notice you seem a bit troubled. Are your holidays going well? I paused, wondering how best to reply. Strangers usually didn't want to hear about your problems, but he'd asked, and I had no one else to confide in. Well, Santa, truth be told, I find myself in a bit of a predicament. I bought a porcelain doll for my little cousin, 
but for certain reasons I can't give it to her. Santa gave a curious glance to Holly at the mention of the doll, perhaps wondering if she were part of the reason I couldn't part with it. I came here looking for a suitable replacement, but the store where I bought the doll is closed for the season, and I'm running out of options. I continued. It's not fair to Zoe, but I'm really not sure what to do. Santa nodded as I finished. Well, Elliot, have you been a good boy this year? Humoring him, I glanced at Holly, who couldn't hide her smirk. I suppose I've been both good and naughty this year. Hard to say which list you'd find me on at this point. I answered. His eyes met Holly's again. He didn't speak for an uncomfortably long time before finally turning back to me. I don't normally do this except on very special occasions. Given the circumstances I'd say this qualifies, if not for your sake then for Zoe's. He leaned over to untie the sack before reaching inside. I had no idea what he was searching for, but at that moment I was more preoccupied trying to remember when I'd mentioned my name. I was so distracted that it took me a moment to notice the porcelain doll Santa produced from his bag and placed in front of me. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was a perfect recreation of Holly. This is exactly the doll I've been looking for. I said, reaching out to touch the cool surface of her face. Holly was smiling wide across the table. Santa's eyes had returned to Holly, and when she met his gaze, he gave her a stealthy wink. Oh, I had a feeling this might be the one. There's something special about her. It's all in the eyes. I turned to my rescuer, pulling my wallet from my pocket. I can't thank you enough. Here, I have cash. Santa held up his palm to stop me. Absolutely not. Tis the season for giving, after all, and what kind of Santa would I be if I expected payment for my services? I stowed my wallet, still in disbelief at how miraculous this all appeared. Well, if you won't take cash, there must be some other way I can show my thanks? There is, he replied, leaning close to whisper. I'm particularly fond of oatmeal raisin. I nodded. No problem. I'll be right back. I stood, asking Holly to wait for me there before joining the nearby line. A few minutes later I was walking back, a fresh bag of cookies in hand. When I returned to the table, however, Holly was alone, sitting quietly as she held her twin tight. Where did he go? I asked as I reclaimed my seat. He said he had some business to attend to, and to tell you Merry Christmas. She said that I sighed, pulling two cookies from the bag and handing one to my porcelain lover. Well, at least we get dessert. Let's finish up and get back outside. I'll let our driver know we're ready for pickup. Geez, I can't believe how lucky this day has been. My thoughts dwelled on our mysterious savior for a long time. It was practically a miracle that a random actor in a Santa costume would happen to have the exact toy I was looking for in my time of need. Were I still a child I might even believe I'd met the real Santa, but I was too old to believe in such things. Then again, Holly's magic had to come from somewhere, didn't it? I shook my head, deciding I had enough mystery in my life without adding any more. With the doll in hand, it was time to call our cab. I opened the app and made sure to request the same driver from before. The next part of my mission counted on it. Minutes later I was holding the door for Holly as she climbed into the back seat once again. While she buckled her seatbelt I exchanged a covert look with the young lady behind the wheel, receiving a wink in return. Oh damn! I think I dropped my wallet back at the food court, I said, pretending to check my pocket. Oh no! replied Holly already removing her seatbelt. We should go back and look for it. I held up my hand to stop her. That's okay, Holly. I'll run in and check real quick. It should only take a few minutes. Why don't you stay here and hold our cab for us? I'm sure Miss Jenny won't mind the company. No problem. Jenny replied, giving Holly a reassuring smile in the rearview mirror. Holly seemed a bit reluctant to leave my side, especially with this being her first time outside, but the thrill of having a conversation with an actual human girl was too tempting to pass up. She blew me a kiss and told me to hurry back, and I promised not to take any longer than necessary. Closing the door behind me, I prayed that Jenny wouldn't ask any awkward questions before my return. I knew I didn't have much time, but I'd been smart enough to place my order online while waiting for Chloe to leave. My purchase was already on hold, so all I had to do was walk up to the register and tell them my name. I was back outside in less than ten minutes, opening the car door to find that Jenny was explaining in rapid-fire detail how she applied her makeup. Did you find it? Holly asked, finally noticing I'd returned. I did. Silly me, it was in my other pocket the whole time. I hated lying to her but the joy in her eyes as she opened her Christmas gift would more than make up for the fib. Holly didn't seem suspicious, and before she could ask anything further, our helpful driver was picking up where their conversation left off. 
Looks like you made a new friend. I told Holly half an hour later as we watched our driver pull away. Jenny had done most of the talking, but Holly was sharp enough to keep the conversation balanced. The only awkward moment had come at the end, when Jenny had mentioned adding Holly on social media. Holly, who didn't even have a phone, promised to add her as soon as she set up her profile. As we made the short walk to our door I was distracted with thoughts of how I might go about buying Holly a cell phone. So distracted, in fact, that I failed to notice the Kia Soul parked in the street by our mailbox. With Holly's hand in mine I pulled her into the warmth of the house and quickly shed my coat, a black box hidden in the pocket. The house looked as empty as when we'd left, and it occurred to me that Holly and I could make love right here in the living room and nobody would ever know that I pulled her close, silencing her squeal with a kiss before picking her up in my arms and carrying her to the sectional. No words were spoken but Holly was well aware of my intentions. I put her down gently, crawling on top as she arched her back beneath me. Our lips were like magnets, coming together in furious passion as my hand explored between her thighs, her soft moans enticing me to continue. I know it's only Christmas Eve. Holly breathed. But may I open my gift early? I froze, my face buried in her hair, my teeth just inches from her neckline where I'd been leaving soft nibbles on her skin. Had my lie about the wallet not deceived her after all? I leaned back, prepared to apologize, when I noticed a naughty twinkle in her eyes. Her hand was already reaching for my zipper. Oh. She meant that gift. Holly didn't question my hesitation, nor did she wait for an answer. Her fingers quickly worked the button and zipper of my jeans before pushing my underwear down my hips. With hungry eyes she watched my dick spring free of the elastic with a satisfying bounce. Oh my! She cooed, taking me gently in her palm as my fingers played with her pussy. You really didn't have to get me so much! She gasped as my finger entered her. I couldn't help it! I whispered, still kissing along her neck as she moaned in my ear. You've been such a good girl this year! Her grin was dripping with mischief as she replied. Oh Elliot! Holly pushed gently on my shoulder, rolling me on my back as she positioned herself on top of me. Her arousal was slippery on my shaft as she straddled my body. Leaning to my ear, she whispered, Let me show you how naughty I really am. Holly leaned back, and without a moment's hesitation she reached beneath her dress and took hold of me. Biting her lip, she slowly lowered her hips, impaling herself on my shaft behind the hem of her skirt. My eyes were focused elsewhere, particularly on her lovely eyes as she began to rock her hips. They were a wonderful distraction, leaving me completely oblivious to the approaching footsteps. Chloe's voice interrupted us. You know, if you're going to fuck on our couch, you could at least do it in your own spot and not mine. Holly froze above me, her lovely eyes now full of terror. I couldn't see Chloe from this position, but her voice had come from the staircase. She must have been upstairs this whole time, coming down to catch us on her way out again that I took hold of Holly's waist, guiding her gently off of me with a reassuring smile. She was still frightened, but I could explain things to Chloe in a way that wouldn't cause any trouble. She straightened her skirt to cover herself as I tucked my cock back in my pants, using the couch to shield myself from Chloe's eyes. I looked up to find her slowly approaching, a scowl across her face. She wasn't pleased with me. Hey Chloe, I thought you were on your way to see Melissa? I asked, trying to keep things casual. To my relief, Chloe returned the smile. Well, I was, but silly me forgot to put the paintings in the car. So I had to drive all the way back and get them. I was just on my way back out. She took a step closer, her eyes now shifting to take in Holly. But I'm not really the one that needs to explain myself, am I? The red in Holly's cheeks was nearly a match to her dress, which thankfully I hadn't ripped off during our brief moment of sex. Nervously, she smiled at my sister and offered a tiny wave. She managed a quiet, hello, before turning back to me for help. Holly, this is my sister, Chloe. Chloe, I'd like you to meet Holly. I turned to my sister apologetically. I have to admit, I'd have preferred a less awkward first introduction. Chloe shrugged it off, her cheeks now blushing too. No problem. I shouldn't have scared you like that, but I need to get back outside and the front door is... Chloe's words trailed off as she turned back to Holly, her eyes now full of curiosity. Do, have we met before? Nervously, Holly shook her head. I don't believe so, I'm sorry. Chloe took another step forward. Are you sure? I swear, there's something really familiar about. Again, her words trailed off, but this time her eyes were further to my left. I turned my head to see what had caught her interest. The new doll was sitting on the carpet a few feet away, exactly where I dropped it before sweeping Holly off her feet. I turned back to Chloe with a feeling of dread, watching as her eyes shifted from the doll to Holly and back again.
The red dress, the candy cane stockings, the steely gray eyes, and the raven hair were all too perfectly similar to be coincidence. Elliot, Chloe began, her voice loaded with accusation. Why does Holly look exactly like Zoe's Christmas present? I put a reassuring hand on Holly's leg before standing. Chloe, I can explain. She shook her head. Well, this ought to be good. I didn't have long to think, giving her the first excuse to come to mind. It's a fetish. I have a thing for dolls, so I asked Holly to dress up for me and she agreed. Chloe turned to Holly, but her words were directed at me. You're lying. I can always tell when you lie to me. I flinched. What? Chloe, I'm not. You don't do it often. She interrupted, turning back to me. But when you do, you can never look me in the eye. Smirking, she turned back to Holly, clearly not convinced. The clothes she might could believe, but never those gorgeous gray eyes. No contact lens could ever replicate their beauty. Tell me what's really going on here, Elliot, and tell the truth this time. Chloe folded her arms across her chest, defiantly refusing to leave until I gave a satisfactory answer. The problem was that I had none. I didn't know what to say, and in my defeat, I said nothing at all. The silence carried on until finally, Holly spoke. Is it okay if I show her? She asked, meeting me with her eyes. I stared back, amazed she would even consider something so reckless. Holly. I started, but she shook her head. It's okay. She has the right to know. She turned to Chloe now, smiling. After all, she's the reason I'm here, isn't she? Chloe shook her head in confusion. What does she mean by that, Elliot? There was little I could say to take this back now, so I let Holly do the explaining. With one final smile, she transformed. In the blink of an eye her human body was gone, and in her place sat the doll. Chloe's mouth hung open as she stepped forward, uncrossing her arms as she leaned in for a closer look, disbelief clear in her eyes. Without warning Holly reversed the transformation, causing my sister to shriek in surprise as she jumped away from the couch. Holly's eyes were apologetic, but I couldn't contain my laughter. Chloe turned to me, desperate for an explanation for what she just witnessed, stepping away from the couch until her back was against the wall. Elliot, what the fuck was that? Whether it was nervousness or Holly genuinely found the situation funny, she began to laugh as well. I suspected it was the first, but either way, Chloe was forced to wait patiently for my laughter to subside before I could answer. I finally confessed. Chloe, Holly looks exactly like the doll because she is the doll. The shock in her eyes didn't falter. What do you mean by that? I shrugged. You just saw for yourself. The doll we purchased to give Zoe, and the girl sitting next to me, are one and the same. She can transform from one to the other. Chloe shook her head. Elliot, that's insane. Dolls magically coming to life, that's like believing in Santa Claus. It's not possible. I shrugged. You wanted the truth, and this is it. You saw it for yourself, and like Holly said, this is all because of you. Chloe looked slightly irritated now. What do you mean, because of me? Remember the other day when we were standing by the fire, and you made a wish for me to find a special girl to ease my loneliness? Yeah, vaguely. But I wasn't actually making a wish, I was trying to comfort you after your breakup. You aren't seriously asking me to believe that I somehow caused the toy to come to life? I sighed. I'm asking you to chill the fuck out and just trust me. I immediately regretted the outburst, but it seemed to at least break Chloe's spell of disbelief. The doubt in her eyes began to vanish as she carefully approached the couch once more, her curious eyes now on Holly. She'd already seen the evidence with her own eyes, so I remained silent. The only thing left to do was wait for Chloe to accept the truth. Holly, despite her nerves, never stopped smiling. I knew from experience how disarming those pearly whites could be, and she appeared to be having a similar effect on my sister. As Chloe moved closer, her eyes seemed to carry more questions than disbelief. I'm sorry for scaring you. Holly said as Chloe came within an arm's reach. That's okay. Came the reply. I shouldn't have screamed like that. Then, unexpectedly, she added. You're really pretty. Holly blushed a deeper shade of red, if such a feat were possible, before thanking Chloe for the compliment. I watched their interaction anxiously. Can I, can I touch you? Chloe asked suddenly. Holly laughed, and I tilted my head in confusion. Sorry. Chloe continued. I just need to know that you're real and I'm not losing my fucking mind. Smiling, Holly nodded her approval before climbing to her feet. Chloe stepped around to our side of the sectional and gently lifted her hand to Holly's hair. Her fingers lightly brushed the inky strands before traveling to the warmth of her cheek. Holy fucking shit, you really are, real! Chloe exclaimed, bringing her hands back to cover her mouth. She turned to me, 
and I prepared to answer the question I knew would follow. How is this possible? I shrugged once more. Who knows? I'm not saying I believe in magic, but I haven't found any other way to explain it. And you know what? I don't care. Holly is the most amazing person, Chloe, and I'm just thankful to have her in my life, no matter how it came to be. I could see tears of joy building in Holly's eyes, but I held my gaze on my sister. I'm just asking you to give her a chance. I know you'll love her just as much as I do. It was the first time I'd ever mentioned love regarding Holly, and I was surprised at how easily the words slipped from my tongue. It felt completely natural that I waited for my sister to respond. I was fairly certain we were in the clear at this point, but a part of me still worried she would freak out at any moment. It was unfair to expect Chloe to accept my explanation in just a few minutes. It had taken me nearly half an hour under cold water just to convince myself I wasn't hallucinating. In the end, my concerns were a waste of time. Point five minutes later I returned from the kitchen, three cups of cocoa in my hands as I walked in on their conversation. Chloe had so many questions and Holly was happy to answer them, or at least the ones she could. Her smile was wider than ever, and I knew she was overjoyed to have finally made a new friend. So you've been upstairs this whole time, all alone while we were down here doing family stuff? Chloe was asking as I put down the drinks. Holly nodded. You poor thing, you must have been bored out of your mind. Chloe had so far avoided mentioning the sexual acts she'd walked in on. It wasn't so bad. Holly replied. And we even went back to the mall today. Chloe reeled on me. Elliot, why didn't you tell me about her sooner? We could have taken her into town and had a great time together. I shrugged. Would you have believed me? It's not exactly the sort of thing I can just send in a text message. She turned back to Holly. So what did you do up there all that time? Holly smiled. I've been learning to use a computer, and I've been reading a lot. She didn't mention her obsession with internet porn, which I was thankful for. What does it feel like? When you change over, I mean. Chloe asked. Mostly it just tickles, but there's no pain to it at all. When I'm a doll, I'm aware of what's happening around me. I can see with my painted eyes and hear. I can even move a bit if I try. But I don't really feel much at all. Elliot, this is great. Chloe said as she turned to me. I mean, at first I was a little shocked, and even a bit frightened, but Holly really is special. Holly blushed at the compliment. She really is? I said with a smile. She's perfect for you. Chloe continued. We should all be so lucky. Finding someone like her to make sure we never have to feel lonely again. I guess this means we can go on double dates now, huh? You and Holly and me and, oh fuck. Chloe jumped from the couch so suddenly I worried she would spill her cocoa. She was already looking around for her purse, talking as she scurried around. I can't believe I forgot. I've been so caught up in all of this that I forgot I was seeing Melissa tonight. She checked her phone to find several unanswered texts. Admittedly I had forgotten as well. The last half hour had been very distracting. Feeling a bit guilty at having kept her so long, I did what I could to hurry her out the door. Mostly this involved helping carry the gifts to her car. I'm so sorry. I really don't want to leave like this. Chloe said as she buckled her seatbelt. She turned to Holly. It was really nice meeting you. I'll be home later tonight, and if you're still up we can finish getting to know each other. Holly smiled. I would love to. Great. Again, so sorry about this. I wish I could stay, but you know how it goes. I leaned in through the window before she could reverse. Chloe, I know I don't have to tell you this, but we can't tell anyone about Holly, okay? She laughed. I'm not an idiot, big brother. Don't worry, her secret is safe with me. Even with Melissa. I reiterated. The pussy's good, but not that good. She answered. Before I could retort, Chloe was driving off, careful not to hit any ice as her taillights vanished down the road. I brought Holly back inside where it was warm. Things were going much better than I ever could have expected. She's really nice, Holly said as we reclaimed our seats on the sectional. Chloe's a great sister and a good friend. You can trust her. I'm not too worried, said Holly. She put her hand on my leg and began to rub my thigh, a smile playing on her lips. So, do you think we're finally alone now? I'd like to finish what we started. I was already unzipping my pants. This time, if someone comes home, we'll run. Holly pulled her dress over her head, straddling me once again as my cock hardened for her. She rubbed her moist lips along my shaft, leaving a shiny trail of her arousal along the throbbing surface before sliding me into her depths. She rode me like this until I was coated in her creamy orgasm, 
my hips thrusting upward as I gripped her ass, holding her in place. She was quite satisfied, but I had no intention of giving her only one orgasm. I waited for her panting to slow before bending her over the back of the sectional, giving her ass a hearty smack as I shoved my entire length back where it belonged. Her moans, no longer restricted to a certain volume, were loud and encouraging. I pounded into her, watching my cock as it vanished and reappeared over and over. Her second orgasm came quickly, and it wasn't long before I felt the familiar tingle that meant I wasn't far behind. I'm gonna come! I shouted as I gripped tighter onto her hips, her body still trembling with bliss. She turned to look back at me with her back arched. Do you want to come on my face? I nodded, pulling out as Holly jumped down on her knees in front of the couch, her mouth open and waiting. In just a few short strokes I began pumping rope after rope of pearly come on her adorable face below. Her tongue was quick to lap at what it could reach, but the rest was left to adorn her lovely cheeks as the final spurts dribbled slowly from my cock. When she opened her eyes they were full of lust, and I knew this wouldn't be the last time she made that request. She gazed up at me, still covered in white that matched her pearly smile. I took her hand, pulling her up to me before guiding her into the kitchen. I cleaned her gently with a moist cloth, wiping away what little of me remained after her tongue had finished some cleaning of its own. Once she was clean, I couldn't help but imagine the naughty ways I would make her dirty again later. For now, however, I settled for a kiss, which she passionately returned dot why now it was well into the afternoon, and my parents would be home within the hour. I checked my phone for the time and found a message from Chloe, pleased to see that she had arrived safely and on time. Things seemed to be going well all around. To celebrate our good fortune, I grabbed two Christmas tree cakes from the pantry and tossed one to Holly as we gathered our clothes and went upstairs. I placed the doll in a safe location and while Holly wasn't looking, I quickly retrieved her gift from my coat pocket and hid it in my desk. Are you good at making snow angels? Holly asked as she took a second bite of her cake. She wore only her stockings as we lay in bed, watching TV. I suppose I'm average. How about you? I replied with curiosity. Holly shrugged. I saw you making them with your sister and Zoe the other day, and they looked beautiful, but I've never made one myself. I could see the sadness in her face. Would you like to? She looked up in surprise. Won't your parents be home soon? I laughed. We'll be in the backyard if they do. Besides, what are the odds of us getting caught twice in the same day? She seemed reluctant, but I could tell she was dying to go outside and play in the snow. I stood, grabbing my coat before taking her hand in mine. She smiled as I pulled her to her feet once more, helping her get dressed before leaving the room behind us. I grabbed one of Chloe's jackets before heading downstairs, a layer of protection for Holly's beautiful dress if nothing else that we made our way into the backyard, using the last bit of daylight to find a clean patch of virgin snow for our angels. She held my hand as we took our positions, and I looked over to find a very happy Holly smiling back at me. Ready? I asked. She nodded in reply, and together we leaned back and fell into the snow with a dull thud. Holly's gasp was almost sexual, but I had more important things on my mind as I shared this moment with my lovely companion. She slowly began moving her limbs in wide arcs, leaving perfect impressions in the snow as she formed the dress and sleeves of a Christmas angel. I couldn't help but smile at the irony. To me, she was my Christmas angel, and no work of snowy art would ever compare to her beauty. I told her this, and the red of her cheeks glowed on the powdery white surface beside her. I finished my angel quickly, not so much worried about my own artwork as I reached out to pull Holly to her feet. There would be no handprints in her snow angle, and as she turned to view her creation, I saw nothing but happiness in those gorgeous eyes. It's beautiful, she said. I never took my eyes from her. She really is. I wasn't referring to the figure in the snow that I was in that one special moment, my heart pounding in my chest, that I realized I could really, truly fall in love with this girl. Holly had completely stolen my heart in just a few days' time, and I was happy to let her keep it. I knew it was too soon to say that I loved her, especially after a breakup, so I remained silent as I leaned in for a kiss. That didn't make it any less true. I don't think I've ever been this happy. I said, my fingers gently caressing her cheek. And to be honest, it frightens me. I made a promise to you, that I'd teach you everything I could about being human, and that I'd never ask you to do anything you don't want to do. I have no intention of breaking that promise, but I don't ever want to lose you. She leaned over for another of her amazing kisses, and I felt reassurance in her warmth. I'm not going anywhere, silly. She replied that it felt like a promise, and that brought me more comfort than I cared to admit. With nothing left to say we left our angels behind, her hand in mine as I lead her back to the warmth of my bedroom, 
Holly was out of her clothes the second I shut the door, and I was quick to follow. We made passionate love in my bed, our hearts full of something far greater than lust as our bodies joined for the third time that day. We finished just as my parents were pulling into the driveway, but I remained where I was, comfortable between her legs as my cock lovingly throbbed inside her. No words were spoken, and none were necessary. The poetry in our eyes was clear as day dot and why mother called for me to come down to dinner, but my only desire was to lay there with Holly until the end of time. Eventually, Holly treated me to one last kiss before urging me spend time with my family, promising to be here when I returned. Reluctantly I climbed out of bed and got dressed, watching with an amused grin as she tried to work the TV remote. The next few hours were spent downstairs with my family. I helped dad with the steaks, and he brought up the subject of my ex once more. He noticed that I seemed to be feeling much better now, and correctly deduced that I must be flirting with someone new. I told him I'd been talking to someone from school, a lie I felt somewhat guilty for telling. I reminded myself that Holly would eventually need a cover story, and this seemed like a good way to start. Zoe, excited about finally getting to open her presence in the morning, was full of energy by the time we finished our meal. Liz had already issued the usual threats as she tried to convince her daughter to go to bed, but Zoe was having none of it. Can we leave cookies for Santa tonight? She asked as Liz was clearing the table. What kind of cookies? My mother asked. I hear he loves oatmeal raisin. I replied, remembering a certain conversation from earlier that day. Zoe followed her mom to look for cookies while I excused myself. It was time for a shower and to prepare for bed, which also meant more time with Holly. I opened my bedroom door to find Holly waiting in bed, just as she promised, but not for long. I miss you. She exclaimed, leaping to her feet and wrapping her arms tight around me as our lips joined. I could never grow tired of this. Her waist was the perfect fit for my arms as I held her close that I carried her to the shower where I took my time lathering her delicious curves. When the water finally left her creamy skin shiny and clean, I decided to have her for dessert. Her pussy was juicy and sweet against my lips, and as the taste of her orgasm greeted my tongue I found myself wanting more. I pushed her gently against the wall, her back on the tile as I pulled her leg around my waist. I angled my hips to enter her, pushing a gasp through her lips as her walls stretched around me. My thrusts were slow but powerful, each one lifting her from her toes. The water would likely go cold soon, but I'd keep her warm, one way or another. Do you want to fuck me in the ass again? She asked, her voice impossibly innocent for a request so naughty that I gave her a sly grin in response, pulling out so she could turn to face the wall and present her ass for the taking. I slid back into her pussy for extra reassurance, stroking her juices along my shaft before venturing further north. With the head of my cock shiny and slick, I pressed it against her ass and gently pushed inside, her body gripping tight to my shaft as I slowly gave her my entire length. Holly was moaning louder as I gradually began to thrust once more. Unable to resist, I reached around to squeeze her breast in my palm, holding her hip tight with my free hand. I picked up the pace, no longer fearful of causing her pain as she begged me to fuck her. I happily obliged, and within minutes I felt an unmistakable shiver run through her body. Her orgasm was mere seconds ahead of my own. Santa's going to put you back on the naughty list, mister. She moaned as I filled her with cum. I have a feeling I was already on it. I replied, reflecting on all the dirty things we'd done in the span of just a few days. I did leave him some oatmeal raisin cookies though, so maybe that'll help. I said as I shut off the water. Holly giggled as she retrieved our towels. You remembered. That's sweet of you. I laughed. Remind me to ask Chloe for help wrapping Zoe's gift tonight. I'll have to sneak that under the tree at some point, along with Liz's pen. Do you think she'll be home soon? Holly asked as she finished drying her hair. It's almost midnight. She'll be heading home soon if she hasn't left already. That reminds me, it's almost Christmas. I'm afraid I don't have a gift for you. She said with a frown. You are a gift, Holly. Having you in my life is the best present I could ever ask for. I mean that. I touched her cheek softly as I spoke. But I do have a gift for you, and now seems like the time to give it to you. I grabbed her hand and pulled her back into my bedroom, dropping our towels to the floor along the way. I didn't give her time to argue as I lead her to the desk, grabbing the tiny black box from the drawer and placing it in her trembling hands. Merry Christmas, Holly. I'm sorry it's so plain, but I didn't have a chance to wrap it today. She was speechless, her eyes locked on mine as they began to water. I moved to stand behind her, looking over her shoulder as she opened her gift. Waiting inside was a bracelet of smoky quartz, the gemstones a near-perfect match to her breathtaking irises. It sparkled and gleamed as she held it in her palm, 
her lips parted in silent fascination. She finally turned to me with joy in her smile. Elliot, this is so beautiful. You really shouldn't have done so much, just for me. Oh, enough of that, I said dismissively. It'll match those gorgeous eyes of yours perfectly. Here, let me help you put it on. I secured the clasp around her delicate wrist, glad to see it fit. She couldn't stop staring at it, and I knew I could have given her a bracelet of tin foil, and she would still look at it with the same affection. So, did I do a good job? I asked teasingly. In response, she turned to me and pounced, my arms catching her just in time as her legs wrapped tightly around my waist. Her body was pleasantly warm against my bare skin, and as her tongue parted my lips I carried her back to my bed. Somehow, we managed to make love one last time for the night, my body completely spent by the time we finished. The shiny new bracelet on Holly's wrist was the only thing she wore as we tangled the sheets around us. I wrapped my arms around her, holding her tight against me as our bodies joined, letting her whisper seductive promises in my ear as we approached climax. When we came, we did so together, her nails raking lines along my back as my shaft throbbed deep inside her body, emptying my balls of everything I had left to give out we spent the next hour recovering, my pulse nearly back to normal by the time Chloe finally returned. She knocked gently at the door, and I stood to let her in. She immediately rushed inside, beaming with excitement. Looks like you had a great night. I observed as I shut the door behind her. Were those teeth marks on her neck? It was a fantastic night. Hey, Holly. She replied, taking a seat on the bed. Hi, Chloe. I like your necklace. Holly replied, noting the new addition to Chloe's appearance. A single chocolate pearl hung on a delicate silver chain from her neck. It was beautiful in its simplicity. Thank you. Melissa gave me this as her official gift, the one I opened in front of her parents. A lesbian that still gets pearl necklaces? I joked as I took my own seat. Holly, unfamiliar with the euphemism, tilted her head in confusion. Chloe struck me on the arm with her tiny fist. I'll have you know I've never done that. Well, did you at least get laid? I asked, receiving another smack. You're such a pervert, Chloe replied. As a matter of fact, I did. Twice. It was quite breathtaking. No need to tell me if you did. I can only assume what happened after I left. Holly blushed, but the giggle that followed was far from innocence. So, I know you have a lot you want to ask Holly and I about, but I have a favor to ask. Can you help me wrap Zoe's doll while we chat? I asked, ignoring the roll of her eyes. You still haven't done that? For fuck's sake, Elliot, Christmas is in the morning. Chloe was already on her feet, heading downstairs to find a box and wrapping paper suitable for the task. When she returned, she immediately set to work, ignoring my offer to help as she cut the first perfectly straight line. Holly watched in awe as my sister transformed the doll into a brightly wrapped package. Chloe noticed Holly's new bracelet and admitted she was impressed with my choice, especially on such short notice. She also went to her room to retrieve her gift to me, a snazzy new watch that allowed me to set multiple time zones. No more counting hours on fingers before calling home. She apologized repeatedly for not having a gift for Holly but promised to take her shopping as soon as she was free. Holly would need new clothes, and I trusted my fashionable sister to find her some cute items to wear. My gift to Chloe was a new drawing tablet she'd been eyeing for months. She promised to test it out later by drawing a scene of the three of us, which Holly was excited to see. With Zoe and Liz's gifts wrapped, I took them quietly downstairs to leave under the tree. As I turned to leave, I noticed the cookie plate on the hearth was noticeably empty, a few crumbs the only evidence there'd been anything there to begin with. I silently thanked the mall Santa one last time for saving my skin before heading back upstairs, an unopened box of tree-shaped cakes in my hand out we finished the treats quickly, already determined that a few hours of sleep would be sufficient to carry us through the holiday. Getting Chloe caught up on the last few days was surprisingly easy. Admittedly, a good chunk of my time alone with Holly had been spent between the sheets, and it was unavoidable to mention, but Chloe kept the teasing to a minimum. I had a feeling Holly would gladly tell her every detail if asked, and I prayed the subject didn't come up when they eventually had their girl time. I didn't need that awkwardness in my life that I switched off the TV and put on a festive playlist as we discussed our Christmas. Holly wanted to hear stories of our past holidays together, of which we had plenty. Chloe also wanted to know about Holly's life as a doll before the wish. Unfortunately, while Holly could remember bits and pieces, most of it was fuzzy. Wait, if you can remember stuff even before you were able to become human, does that mean other toys can see what we're doing? Chloe asked. I was genuinely curious myself. Holly shrugged. I don't really know, but I suppose it's possible. 
Maybe one day your teddy bear will come to life, just like me, and you can ask him yourself. Chloe shivered at the thought. Oh God, no! The things that bear has seen. I waited for her to continue, but she stared quietly at the floor. Are you okay? I finally asked. I should probably snuggle him extra hard tonight and tell him I'm sorry. She didn't clarify what her apology was for, and I didn't need the associated imagery. With that, Chloe was on her feet, tired from her trip and ready for bed. Good night, sis. Sweet dreams, Chloe. My sister returned the hugs and shut my door behind her, leaving Holly and I alone to catch some sleep ourselves. After all we'd been through today, I was admittedly exhausted. It didn't take long to drift into my dreams, Holly's head on my chest as she flipped to the History Channel. I dreamed of a happy future, with Holly and Chloe joining me on a camping trip in the mountains. It was when I awoke that the nightmare began. Zoe was wide awake before sunrise. The first item on her agenda was to wake Chloe, who had stumbled into the room for bed just a few hours earlier. While my sister was still rubbing her eyes, Zoe made her way down the hall to wake me as well. She hadn't yet learned that it was rude to enter without knocking. The door flew open and my cousin ran inside, shouting for me to wake up and come down to open presents. Holly, startled by the sudden arrival, immediately reacted by transforming, rolling quickly out of sight on the other side of the bed before Zoe could spot her. Tiny hands shook me awake, and when I finally agreed to get out of bed Zoe ran from the room leaving the door wide open. I turned to see if Holly had returned, thankful she'd been able to react so quickly. It would have been hard to explain the strange half-naked girl in my bed to a six-year-old. I waited, but Holly didn't return. I laughed, imagining her still frightened down below. It's okay Holly, the coast is clear. The seconds passed, but no raven hair or gray eyes rose to greet me. My smile vanished with worry and I crawled to peek over the mattress. My worst fears were confirmed. Oh no! No, no, no! I shouted, reaching to pull my doll from the hardwood floor. Chloe was walking to the stairs as I shouted, and quickly ran over to investigate. Elliot, what's row? Oh no! Her eyes fell to the doll now cradled in my arms. A crack had formed in Holly's cheek, leaving a quarter-sized hole in her beautiful face. I held the broken piece in my other hand, grateful to find it mostly intact. Chloe shuffled over to the bed, the despair in her face matching my own. Tears spilled from my eyes as I pushed the piece back into place, happy to see that it fit perfectly. But nothing else changed as I sat there, whispering for Holly to come back to me. Elliot! Chloe! Get down here or you're going to miss this! Dad shouted from downstairs. Zoe was already tearing into her gifts. The other doll! I said, turning to Chloe. It was the only solution I could think of. Elliot, I don't know if that's how it works. Chloe said, gently putting her hand on my shoulder. I brushed it away and began to run down the stairs. My sister close behind I entered the living room and froze. The rest of my family was there and Zoe was now holding the box containing her gift. The doll was waiting underneath. Chloe reached out and took my hand as we watched Zoe rip away the paper, pulling off the lid and revealing the toy inside. She's so pretty! She shouted as she hugged the doll close. Her eyes lit up with excitement, and despite my growing sadness, I couldn't help but smile. Tell your cousin thank you for the gift, said Liz as she checked the name tag. Zoe rushed over, still clutching the doll as she latched onto me for a hug. Thank you, Elliot! I love her! She's the best doll ever! My knees shook beneath me as I patted my cousin on the back, my heart torn between the joy of seeing her happy and the sorrow of what remained upstairs. Chloe could feel my pain, and never let go of my hand even as I took my seat at the couch. I wanted to run back to Holly, to hold her and think of a way to bring her back, but it was Christmas morning and I couldn't just disappear without someone asking questions that I spent the next half hour in agony, pretending to feel excitement as we opened gifts from one another. I felt guilty, faking a smile as I unwrapped each one, hoping no one would notice. I felt reasonably sure no one did, but I wished they could understand how horrible I felt at that moment and how happy they would have made me under different circumstances. Liz opened her journal and pen, her own smile bringing me brief comfort that I had done well with her present, but nothing kept the misery at bay for long. Chloe kept her hand on my back as we helped with the cleanup. When Mom noticed, she simply explained I wasn't feeling well, which somewhat worked as an answer. It did result in several minutes of me persuading my mother that I didn't need any kind of medicine. When housekeeping was finished and the rest of my family was distracted watching Zoe play, Chloe and I ran upstairs. I threw open the door, hoping that by some other Christmas miracle I would find Holly fully repaired waiting for me on the bed in her red dress and stockings. I was met with disappointment instead. 
Her broken porcelain body remained exactly where I'd left her, and I was beginning to lose all hope of ever seeing my Holly again. I sank to my knees by the bed, holding her fragile body in my hands as a tear rolled down my cheek. Chloe put her hand on my shoulder for support. Are you okay? She asked softly, already knowing the answer that I didn't reply to the question, choosing instead to stare into Holly's painted eyes, memorizing the details so I'd never forget. My eyes were wet with tears, but something seemed to be staring back at me. There was a sparkle in those eyes, and I knew in my heart it wasn't a reflection in my tears. I couldn't let her down, not after all I'd done to keep her safe. Chloe, do you know how to glue porcelain? I asked, hope rising in me once again. She paused to think. Let me see the broken piece. I held it out to her, careful not to cut myself on its sharp edges. She asked me to wait here, and when I didn't reply she turned and left the room. I assumed she was going to check her art supplies, but I wasn't worried. I would find a way, even if it had to wait until the stores reopened. After what felt like hours, but I knew to be mere minutes, Chloe reappeared in the doorway. I think I have everything I need. Bring her up to the studio, quickly, before Zoe sees. I leaned close to Holly. I promise I'm going to fix this. I whispered. Then, taking her carefully in my arms, I followed Chloe up to the attic. The space was lit with old Christmas lights, which I found to be rather fitting. In the center there was a small wooden table, which Chloe had covered in a thin white sheet. I gently placed Holly on its surface while my sister gathered her supplies and moved them to her chosen workspace. There were glues and epoxies, as well as thin sticks and even what appeared to be wax. I need you to do something, she said as she laid out her materials. I need you to sneak into the kitchen and bring me the baking powder. Can you do that? I nodded, determined that nothing would stand in my way. I left the studio and went back downstairs, happy to see that my mom was busy on the phone while dad helped Liz put together a dollhouse for Zoe. No one would notice me entering the kitchen, but I grabbed a cake from the pantry all the same, just in case anyone questioned me. I found a box of baking powder and pocketed it before heading back upstairs. She was already at work, her hands delicate and precise as she applied glue to the broken edges with a toothpick. I placed the powder beside her, and she acknowledged with a nod. With nothing else to do, I took a seat beside her and watched as she used the wax and glue to carefully place the broken porcelain where it belonged. She then mixed baking powder and epoxy together to fill in the edges, creating a seamless transition. She took her time, finishing with a hopeful smile as we studied her handiwork. I couldn't have done better myself. What now? I asked, already knowing the answer. We wait for the glue to dry, and keep our fingers crossed. And since it's Christmas, I suppose it wouldn't hurt to make another wish? I nodded beside her, taking her hand in mine as I summoned as much Christmas spirit as my heart could muster. Point one week LATR the airport was slightly less crowded now than it had been when I came home, but not by much. Snow was falling gently around the car as I sat in the passenger seat, preparing myself for the long flight back to San Francisco. I was sad to leave my family, and I wished I'd had more time at home, but there was so much work to be done before the new semester. Chloe sat beside me, continuing the tradition of shuttling me to the terminal. I'd said my goodbyes to my family and now the only thing left to do was to check into my flight, alone, and find my seat. It would be a lonely six-hour trip to a warmer climate. You okay over there? Chloe asked beside me. I nodded. I'm fine, really. I just wish I'd had more time. She leaned in for an awkward side hug. You'll be back here before you know it. And who knows, maybe I'll actually get off my ass and fly out to see you this spring? I think I'd like that very much. I replied with a smile. I would like that too, said the raven-haired beauty in the back seat. Holly was wearing skinny jeans with brown boots and her cream-colored sweater was covered in a stylish jacket. All courtesy of my sister, who insisted on spoiling Holly with a shopping spree after her miraculous return. It was a shame nobody on the flight would see how adorable she looked in her new clothes. Are you ready for the trip? Chloe asked, turning to my reanimated lover. Holly nodded vigorously. I've never flown before. This should be fun. I couldn't help but laugh. I doubt it'll be as much fun in your position, babe. I'm sure you'll be comfortable, wrapped in foam in your own little case, but it's not exactly a window seat. Hopefully next time I can figure out a way to get you an actual ticket. My parents had paid for the flight, leaving me unable to purchase a seat for Holly before the entire plane was booked. Unwilling to risk losing her again, I'd gone out to find a suitable case to keep her cozy and safe until we landed. I really don't mind, I'm just relieved I get to go with you. And Chloe, I can't thank you enough for what you've done. Holly touched her cheek with a gloved hand, 
the faint line of a fading scar just visible in the sunlight. Don't worry, doll, you're just as perfect as the day I met you. Chloe replied using her new favorite pet name. A week earlier on Christmas Day, Chloe and I waited patiently for the glue to dry. The hours passed and nothing happened. We skipped lunch and barely touched our dinner, finally retiring to bed that night with empty hope. I cried myself to sleep, only to be awoken by a miracle. It was late at night when Holly nervously stepped into my bedroom, alive and overjoyed to be back. We held one another for ages as my heart returned from the dead, finally leaving the room to wake Chloe. Few words were spoken, and few were needed. The greatest gift of my life was smiling in my arms, the only evidence of her accident a circular scar along her cheek. It would be a painful reminder of what I'd very nearly lost that day, but I was so happy to have her back, and so was Chloe. While I was shopping for a protective case, my sister handled the artistry. With Holly in her toy form she painted over the seams, retouching where needed until it matched perfectly with the rest of her skin tone. The scar on her living face was almost completely invisible now, though I would have cared for her no matter what. Ready to go? I asked aloud. Holly smiled and nodded behind me, and Chloe gave me a pat on the leg before stepping out. Holly remained in her seat as we opened the door beside her, Chloe at my side. Only two of us would be entering the terminal, and only one would be boarding the plane. I wanted to give Holly a chance to say goodbye before leaving her new friend behind. I'm really going to miss you, Chloe said as she leaned in for a hug. Both of you. I'm going to miss you as well, Holly replied, holding tight. Thank you so much for everything you've done. You're welcome, sweetie. And don't worry, I have a feeling I'll be seeing you in person long before next Christmas. Not to mention all the photos my brother is going to send me, right Elliot? I nodded. I'll have things figured out before you know it. Good. With that, Chloe let go and took a step back. I leaned in and opened the shiny new case, giving Holly one last kiss before she transformed out I looked around to make sure nobody was watching, giving her a nod once I was certain no one would notice. In the blink of an eye she became her porcelain self, the red dress replaced with a miniature version of her winter outfit. Her dress was packed neatly away with the rest of her luggage. I carefully placed her inside the case and gave the warm ceramic another kiss before sealing the lid. I'd have to pay for the extra carry-on, but keeping her close was well worth the price. Chloe shut the doors behind me and helped me with the rest of my luggage. I said my final goodbyes to my sister, enjoying an extra long hug before shooing her away. She had a date with Melissa that evening and I didn't want to keep her waiting. I waved her goodbye before going to check my luggage and find the waiting area. Later, as I sat comfortably in my seat, staring out at the passing countryside below, I couldn't help but imagine my future with Holly. San Francisco was only the beginning, and there was still so much more for us to experience together. I closed my eyes and smiled as I imagined the years to come. Merry Christmas. I whispered to myself, Merry indeed.